Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Here at Paddy Power, when we say there's a power price enhancement, we mean there's enhanced odds on a bet on UK and Irish racing each afternoon, in shop, every 20 minutes. Feel the power inside your local Paddy Power. Max stake €50 Euro, or €25 each way. In shop only. Excludes betting machines. Applies to singles and each way singles only. One bet per customer. Offer period runs between 1 and 4pm but may vary. T's and C's apply. Play safe. 18 plus. Gamblingcare.ie. Ask staff for more details. You know how every part of your business works. Square is how it all works together. Square has tools to help you manage everything. Point of sale. Online. Payments and so much more. So you can take your business anywhere and keep it all connected. With less work for you and more ways to stay open to what's next. Square, the shape of things to come. Visit square.com to learn more. Square International Limited Trading as Square is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Hello, 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 and welcome to Survivor NSFW Rewind, Professor Tim Watches Borneo. I'm your host, Karen Eisenberg. Uh, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tim Wilson. Uh, today, we will be discussing episode 12, Death of an Alliance, which sounds very promising. Uh, but of course, it turns out that it wasn't the death of an alliance at all. And uh, we will get into that in just a second. Uh, before I bring my guest in and Tim, I just want to tell you that today I am modeling the Survivor NSFW t-shirt drawn by Eric Reichenbach of Survivor Caramoan. Uh, so if you want to, you can find this t-shirt and many others at johnnyfairplay.com, J-O-N-N-Y, no H. And remember, with every purchase, you get a call from the great Johnny Fairplay. Um, I also do want to announce up front, because I, just, I don't want to leave it for the end of the show, that we will be covering Big Brother uh, here on Survivor NSFW, now that it does appear that we are, in fact, going to have a season. Um, so, Tim, you're, you're probably not familiar with this. They, they have confirmed that there will be a season. They still haven't told us who the cast is. They're going to leave that for the premiere. Oh, which well, I, is, I, I hope we are having to do a bit of Big Brother because, you know, you know not, not only am I a virgin in terms, of, uh, in, in terms of Survivor, I've never seen Big Brother. And, and American Big Brother is different from UK Big Brother in any well, case. But, yeah, I mean, we can talk about They both, They're both uh, missed me so far. So, um, <laughs> please, introduce me. We will, Tim. What's going on in the UK? Any news? Uh, very, very little, really. There's, there's a lot of very exciting political stuff, and there's, um, there's, uh, as ever, there's some, there's some naughty politicians um, mm -hmm. who've been up to up to no good, um, and so far they're remaining anonymous, but um, uh, not for not for much longer, I think. Um, and 
Oh, and, and, and then one's got all the sort of COVID stuff lingering on. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and there was a, there was a, there was, there was a rap singer I saw locked horns with, um, a week or two ago. I, I, I thought he, um, I thought he was using sort of, he, he, he was off on the wrong, on the wrong track. Um, he was having a disagreement with his management and it came out as a form of, uh, anti-Semitism. Um, and that seems to me to be inappropriate. And I think he's hurting. And I would, um, I, I'm, 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 there was, there was a point where, where it looked as if he was going to reach out and would have a chat, and I'm sorry he didn't, because um, I think he's got some interesting things to say. And I think also, um, as, I'm, as I'm discovering um, reality TV, I'm also discovering rap. Uh, I've sort of got locked into, I got locked into the latter part of the alphabet in this. Um, and, so uh, that sounds like another very interesting podcast idea. Tim, well, Professor I, Tim listens to rap. Yes, I, no, no, not only does he listen to rap, he does rap. Um, oh my goodness, there's somebody at the door. Let me, let me, let me, let me. While Tim answers the door, I'm also going to bring in my guest. Um, so Jordan Kalish is from, from RHAP, the host of the This Week in Survivor podcast, right? We're not calling it This Week in Survivor History anymore. Now it's just This Week in Survivor. Yeah. So since right. since we've started doing uh, the uh, the longer podcast where we cover Survivor so social media as well and talk about the episode, uh, it's the This Week in Survivor podcast, but the quiz is still a twist. Still the This Week in Survivor History. Yeah. So Tim, so this is a really fiendishly hard quiz that Jordan makes up every week for, you know, he, he podcasts with Rob Sesternino and then they also bring in a third person. And the trivia questions are just extremely difficult. These, these are um, trivia about Survivor. About yes. Survivor and about, oh, yes. I never get them. That's wonderful. We, we, cover you, the, we cover the 20 years of the show and uh, Rob obviously is a Survivor expert. All the guests that we have on are people who have for the most part, seen not only seen every season, but seen every season multiple times. So I can't really go with like regular survivor bar trivia, which like would be who won this season or who right. won immunity at this certain point. It, it has, it really has to be deep cut survivor trivia where they're, you know, they're, they're questions that people would know and they would remember, but the average survivor fan is not going to know many of the answers. Oh my goodness. So do you, do you have, do, do you have a, a, a perfectly, um, arranged question for me on Survivor One. I don't. I probably should should have prepared that. I, I, oh, I mean, how shocking! I, I don't want to. Well, I know you haven't seen the finale yet, so I, I don't want to spoil you on anything that's coming in the next episode. Yeah. And no, I got he's... two hours for the finale. I realize. Mm -hmm. Yes. Plus, there's also going to be a reunion. It's actually. I, I should have told you this. When you're preparing for next week, you need to start a bit earlier because you need to watch yes. three three uh, hours worth of television. Three hours, First. not two. Yes. It's two hours for the actual finale and then there's also a reunion where everybody gets together i guess we could actually maybe we'll leave the reunion for the following we speak about that that i've downloaded all that I, i'm well we'll make sure we'll make sure that you've seen it we better make sure that i've seen it all otherwise i will just be looking looking vague vaguer than you <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I could, I could think of an off-the-cuff uh, Survivor Borneo question that I have okay. asked on my podcast before. So, okay. at the uh, the merge episode, if you remember, when uh, when Gretchen was voted out right before the uh, the jury started, how many people at that tribal council received one vote? Oh my God! That's not, in, not including Gretchen, who received four votes. Right. So, who else got one vote? I, I, exactly. I, there were so many there votes. Nine? So many single votes. There were nine at that point. No, ten. So I would, I would there were, say there were six, there were six votes. 
six people received one vote. That's absolutely correct. Uh, yeah. Gretchen received four, and uh, six people each received one vote. Oh, thank God. I'm, I'm so competitive, George. So now the question is, which six, Tim? I think that's the <laughs> No, I couldn't do that. I don't even know if I could remember who exactly which six. I, but, it is, but, it is, but it is quite impressive that you remember that Gretchen got four votes and all the other people only got one. <laughs> yeah, I would hope at this point that I would get Borneo questions right. Yeah, but that's it was, about it. I mean, the, I consider first, myself uh, a, yeah. a big Survivor fan. You know, certainly all of my friends who either don't watch the show or, you know, just are just you know filthy casuals and they just watch the show. They don't listen to podcasts and everything else. So they think, you know, that I'm crazy in terms of what I know. And then I look at all the other Survivor fans and I realize how much I don't know. Um, I listen to This Week in Survivor and most of the time I cannot get the answers. I think you're in the same boat with a lot, a lot of yeah. people. It really requires having watched the show each season many times. But the thing with me, actually, Survivor Borneo is the only season that I did not watch when it aired. It's actually not the first Survivor season I watched. Um, I ended up seeing it between seasons uh, three and four because I was at Sleepaway Camp when Survivor oh, Borneo okay. aired. Right. So, so what was your what was the first season you saw live? Australian season two. Outback? Um, I watched Australian Outback right after the Super Bowl. My my mom knew that I would I would really like the show. I don't think she realized how obsessed I would become with the show, and maybe mm -hmm. if she did know, uh, she wouldn't have uh, shown it to me in the first place. But uh, I sort of fell fell in love with it, with it from the, uh, the the first episode of uh, the Australian Outback, and then of course I had to see the first season. Luckily, um, my mom's friend had recorded had recorded all the episodes on VHS tapes, and when I was homesick from school. For, for a week or two, I binge watched all of season one. <laughs> but that's what you had to do, right? You'd have to have a friend who had a VCR or something mm -hmm. like that, because we're going to discuss that this whole idea okay. about the torches going out before they're snuffed. And I, so I went back and I was able very easily just go able to go back and rewatch the relevant parts of those episodes, right? Whereas back then that was not an option. Right. If you miss the episode, you miss the episode. And this no. is even before that. Eventually, they started releasing seasons on DVD, but not particularly rapidly. No, right? they, they, would be slow, they would come out, out with, I think, like two, two a year or three a year or something. It was pretty it was pretty slow, uh, the, the release on DVDs. Um, but and we'll we'll get to uh, antiquated technology later in this episode with the uh, the, the immunity challenge. <laughs> right. So, so Jordan, besides your experience with Survivor, which is the main reason you're here, uh, you were also the we call it the co-creator of the Circle Distance game. Yeah. So, um, my, my friend uh, Naomi Calhoun and I, we were. Uh, it was the beginning of quarantine. We were very bored, and. Uh, I had never done any sort of like org. Org means online reality game hosting before. I, yeah. I had played one a Survivor game a couple of years ago, and it was like six years ago, actually, at this point. Uh, and I kind of wanted to try it out. So uh, we wanted to do something unique. We were like, everyone does Survivor orgs. Everyone does Big Brother orgs. We had both seen uh, the, the Circle, the American version on Netflix. And we were like, you know what? I wonder if we could create a way to play the Circle. But the only problem is, we both know all the people that we know know each other in, in the reality TV world. So we decided to make everyone catfish. Everyone knew that everyone was catfish and um, they uh, everyone had had to invent a secret uh, a secret fake persona with pictures and a bio. Um, and it really, first of all, took the any chance of pre-gaming out of the game because uh, right. nobody knew who, who else was playing. I mean, there's, there, there were people in the game whose close friends were playing, but they had no idea. So it, it took a lot of pre-gaming out. And also I think it made it sort of a, a pure experience where you just had to basically go on the conversations you were having with people. 
Right. No, that was the only way that this could be done because I think, right, once as we saw the, the cast being revealed as, as they went home, I knew more than half of those people and several mm -hmm. of them I knew fairly well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but as somebody who's always made my brand is that, you know, on the circle, you really, most people, you're much better off not playing as a catfish, right? It's just more walls that you have to keep in the air. And so I was quite, I remember I was quite uh, cranky with you, Jordan. I was like, I don't want to play as a catfish, mm -hmm. uh, but I was persuaded. Yeah, uh, I, mean, it was, I think it was fun. It was an I, interesting weekend. I think since it was everyone do, I, I I don't I don't like if you know if you're if you're being cast for the for the circle and they force you to play as a catfish. I really kind of think that's unfair on the player. But I think if it's everybody in the same yeah, boat, yeah, I no, think it's, it's, especially when you know we don't have we're not like sending you know people aren't filling out applications to be on our version of the circle. It was uh, Naomi and I reaching out to our friends essentially again who know each other from the RHAP and Survivor fan world. So oh. uh, but we did we did have some uh, uh, Karen obviously was uh, was a cast member on the season. Um, we did have uh, a bunch of RHAP hosts and we had a, a Karishma and Lirsa from uh, Survivor, uh, Lirsa from, um, you know, a Survivor, uh, David versus Goliath. And we had Karishma from Survivor 39, who uh, I, I couldn't believe that they said yes uh, to participate, but it was, it was amazing having them on the, on the show. Or in the game. Mm. So, well, well, next time you play, you 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 must invite me, Jordan. Absolutely, you're a hundred percent in if you want to play season as two a, of uh, circle as a season circler. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I I remember a lot of pressure was put on us to be catfish. Um, mm -hmm. But um, and 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 then in my case, thankfully, they decided that I didn't need to be because I uh, it's much easier not to be. Um, but uh, as you will know, Karen. Right. You right. have to, because you have to keep all these things. You, you have to juggle all these things. But right. I think if you if you got a decent, if you worked on your, oh, what do spies call it? Your legend. If you worked on your legend well enough, mm -hmm. then you ought to be able to sustain it because you don't have to sustain it outside of the conversations. It just has to be within those conversations. You have to make sure that you're consistent within those right. conversations. Um, right. And also that you keep a note of what other people say to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then I think the key is the key is not go catfishing. And if you know everyone is a catfish, why bother? Why bother? You know everyone is a catfish. That makes it a different game from the circle in certain ways. No, but it well, made perfect sense. I'm saying I was just being a brat because yeah. I kept saying how, you know, but it really is, I mean, you have to be an actor kind of inhabiting a role. Yeah. And it can be done, and people have done it very well, but I've also seen a lot of people not do it well. Yeah. Um, it's, even if you're being yourself, you're being, right. a, you're being a version of yourself. Um, mm -hmm. as, you, as all the people in Survivor are, they're not really themselves. They're a version of themselves, and, and, and they've got to make a decision about, um, you know, we're, we're one version of ourselves when we talk to somebody else, and we're another version of ourselves when we're sort of lying in bed talking to ourselves. But in, in Survivor... And in the circle, you've got three versions of yourself because you've also got uh, you've got the version of yourself which which uh, you use to address the camera, and that's supposed to be more confessional and more real. But in fact, it possibly isn't. Um, no. And and and, and it, a lot of this depends on how realistic you are about yourself. A lot of people have a very very. Um, misunderstood understanding of themselves. So uh, that is fascinating. Um, and many people think, think you know, think they're very nice to start with, which, um, which can be a surprise. 
But I think you're right, Tim, that just having the self-awareness. And I wonder whether, because we've talked about the ways in which older people, and by older people, I mean anybody over the age of, you know, 25 or 30. Um, obviously, there's some disadvantages, but there can be a lot of advantages. And I think one of them is, and again, it is far from universal, but I do think that most 20-year-olds probably don't have a lot of self-awareness. And it's something that often grows as one matures. Yeah, I, 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 I went to see a lad called, called Woody this last week. And um, I was, uh, when, when we got to his house, there was a lot of mirth um, because some, somehow we, we got stuck in this idea about how old we, we originally thought he was. And he said most people on the circle thought he was about 28. And, uh, um, and some people thought that he was not real. Some people thought he was a woman. Um, and I said, I, oh, no, I knew you were real. I, I thought you'd just come out of university. So I would have thought he was about... 22 or 23. Um, but I was convinced, actually, even, even until the final reveal, that he was a little older than than he is, because he is so self-aware and yes. so comfortable. And he took me to one side at one point and said, um, I believe in truth. Um, and I think I, I think it's a virtue, you know, that needs to be projected. Um, and... Um, uh, and, and 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 so you know he he he's he's not that keen on on advertising things and doing this sort of um this sort of instagram stuff uh, like that uh, he's 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 interested in projecting reality and that's well, nice clearly an unbelievable young man, especially for that age, even for somebody who's 22 and 23, to have the poise to play again like this. And I know there were other people in your cast again who were in their 20s, but especially for an 18-year-old. Um, he, and the fact that he's kind of raised by famous parents, right? We know all of the horror stories that can happen. And it's just so nice to see people are, who really... Are, are simply lovely as well. I mean, I, every, every time I see his father, I just think, what, what a gorgeous man. His mother is... I mean, his, his, I, I didn't know who his mother was. And this strange lady rushed up out of the audience. She'd actually been, she'd actually been filming another show in London uh, and raced up the M1 to... Um, uh, to, to, to Manchester, which is a good three-hour trip to get to our show at 10 o'clock or something for the, for, for the live show there. And, and this strange woman came out of the audience and started kissing me, and I thought, who is this strange woman? Um, and, and, and then I met Woody's grandmother, who would be um, uh, Zoe's mother, uh, who, 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 who kissed me as well. And I thought, this is... But, but it's so lovely. I'm such a needy person. I, 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 <laughs> I'm sure there would have been lots of other people who would have liked to have kissed you, Tim, but I'm sure there was security. Uh, <laughs> trying to prevent no, no, no security here. I mean, you know, I just, just, I just throw myself out at the world. Um, do what you will. Do your worst. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I just need, I, just need I, 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 I think I just need a broader education. Um, but, um... <laughs> you have like probably the broadest education of anybody I've ever met. <laughs> but Jordan, so you're talking. But we're hoping to possibly have some episodes of the Circle Distancing Game soon. Yeah, uh, we uh, we spent uh, some time this week editing. This was we ended up we played the game in April, so, so it, it was a while ago. As people were playing, they were sending us audio confessionals. Uh, so we're gonna release it as two as two different podcasts. The first one uh, should be out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, the second one will be out probably a few weeks after that, and you'll be able to uh, hear what people were thinking uh, who were in the game. Uh, you'll uh, there'll be some you know Naomi and I uh, will be on the podcast too, explaining things that happened in the game because it's very very different. 
than the TV show. We sort of, as big Survivor fans, sort of Survivor-fied the circle, where we actually started with a red circle and a blue circle that uh, ranked and blocked each other independently. Um, so uh, we we had uh, a merge, just like a Survivor season, where uh, when there was a certain amount of people in the game left, uh, everyone came together. They were now one circle. So we, what, what color was that? Uh, the uh, the merge circle, I think we said it was green, but we never really used the merge circle color. We just called it the circle at that point. Uh, but the uh, the starting circles were were blue and red. And uh, K- Karen, you you were uh, in the uh, the red circle, correct? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you were in the red circle. And did people arrive at different points? Or no, everyone who start we had eighteen people. So we that was one of the things that we wanted to change. Uh, we we because we always felt uh, Naomi and I both felt that it's it's sort of it's very hard to win if you are one of the latecomers to the circle. So we wanted everyone to start on the same foot. Yeah, yeah, I, I entirely agree. Also, I don't think there's any problem with the circle being huge. No, um, I, I think it worked for what we were trying to do. Did uh, now, What I would like to ask is, did you feel that in contrast to Survivor, where I think you feel that everybody is at everybody else's throats almost from day one, and certainly in, in seasons subsequent to Borneo, um, mm-hmm. I think, that, that certainly what Karen hints, um, and certainly as Borneo has now emerged, this sort of viciousness has emerged. Did you feel the same viciousness was there as you were playing the circle? Or did you feel... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, well, uh, let me let you answer that question first. I would say the first maybe five minutes was a lot of like getting to know each other, having general conversations, maybe even sooner than five minutes. It turns into strategy. Let's work together. Let's make alliances. Because again, these are all people from the survivor fan world and from yeah so it was a very i i mean vicious is not the word that i would use i i would say you know a competitive cutthroat um but you know people definitely knew that for them to get further in the game they had to make alliances quickly because they they know the people that i know like if you're someone who's cast on my game of the circle they're people who play the game like the uh, social deduction game mafia uh and they watch a lot of um you know different reality shows where alliances come together quickly plus this is this was such a fast moving game we started with 18 people people and it was a three it was like a two and a half day game so every round is very quick it's not like it's not like you have a day to acclimate yourself with the group you have about you know maybe maybe before the first blocking we had about an hour and a half to two hours and i don't think you- it was that long it, it was probably it was actually probably shorter than that yeah, i think yeah. the first, actually, first night we watched four people we watched we four people in about four to five hours in the first night yeah in the in the, in the show we were blocking Pretty pretty well within within minutes of arriving in the show. I don't I don't know how it, how it panned out in the actual broadcast. So I don't. I, I fell asleep. I think watching the first episode 
And I, I think I got up to episode four before I just finally gave up the ghost and decided I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch this stuff anymore. Um, but um, at, uh, at some point we need to do that, though, Tim. We also do need Professor Tim watches his own season. That would be so unbelievably onanistic. I think. I, I, I think people would, people would think, oh my goodness, now he's finally hit, hit the, 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 the ultimate in innuendo and self abuse. Um, it would be, <laughs> it would be hilarious. Yes, I'm on for that. I'm all on for, as long as I can watch reality, it in live. Time. All reality stars slash contestants, right? You don't, I would say that you don't go on a show unless, you know, I don't want to say you have a high opinion of yourself because certainly I'm, I know that you're aware of fault, that you have faults, but in terms of, I feel like if the kind of people who go on a show generally like the sound of their own voice and the sight of their own face. And uh, the idea that, you know, if somebody were to approach them and say, you know, I'd like to spend two hours, you know, talking about you, of course, where do I sign up? Yes, absolutely. Just you know, wheel me on. And my, my, my reluctance to see the circle is, is that it's already got an edit in my head. And my edit is so much better than anything the producers could produce. Um, right. So I find it, I find it frustrating. Um, and my edit is very, very fair, by the way. I don't dominate. No, uh, you don't. No. Uh, Ellie and, uh, Ella, and um, Ella and Woody, I think, dominate. And there's quite a lot of James in my mind. Um, and, uh, and Jan has a much better edit than the one she's got, I think. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, it, it would be... It, it, it would be um, uh, the circle, Tim's cut, um, right. and, uh, and it, would, it would work very nicely. It would work very nicely. But I'm, I, sure, I'm sure that a lot of survivors would have the same reaction, though, in the sense that you know, you like I said, you come out of the show and you have your version of what happened, and then months later you get to see the edited version, and you're like, oh, you know, these particular incidents they happened, right? But the way I see the whole season is very different what they've shown and they've left out things that I think are important, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I think that reaction is quite common. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. But I, um, you know, I wouldn't be worried about seeing, I wouldn't be particularly worried about seeing myself. Uh, the watching, watching myself on television is not, is, is not the reason I haven't watched the circle so far. I'm, mm. I, I'm just bored actually of, um, of, I, I just got bored very quickly. Because I knew what I knew what had happened, and I knew what was happening, and it just, yeah, I, uh, I, the first series I was quite happy, but but uh, you know I, I could overcome my boredom for you, Karen. Um, <laughs> so we will we, we we will certainly discuss it because Tim but, wants to uh, watch uh, everything. The thing I was going to say about uh, Jordan about, about this was was that I, I I sort of entered the circle. I agreed to do the circle for one 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 one, one or two reasons. Um, uh, one one that they offered. Um, offered me and my family psychological support, which I thought was very good. It didn't, didn't really materialise. But, um, but the other, the other thing um, was, uh, um, was this idea of, um, of reciprocity and friendship, and there was a game based on this sort of circle. Um, and certainly the first series, when I looked at it, seemed to me to be uh, respecting that idea. Um, the second series, I thought, sort of respected for the most part. All the international uh, series went, went way off in a sort of survivor direction. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I loved the idea that there was for one brief shining moment, um, for one brief shining moment, there was a concept yes. of a round table 
um, on television where everybody everybody had a sense of equality and friendship and uh, harmony. Um, and uh, so certain, certainly Woody, myself and Ella would definitely promote that. And I think James would as well, actually. Yeah, and I would say within within our game, even though it was you know it, there was a lot of strategy that came off right off the bat, and there there was um, you know it was definitely a cutthroat game where people, everyone who was playing, wanted to win very badly. Even though it was a game for for no prize, it was a three day org that was never going to be on TV. These are competitive people, and mm-hmm. I, I, I cast people that were that would want to play and want to win for a reason. But I would say like there were a lot of conversations that people were having that sort of like fluctuated between strategy, but then they were talking about cooking and their pets. And yeah. you know, even though they were playing catfish, they brought a lot of their real selves into their their fake character. Um, so I, I think that there still was this sense of unity and they were part of the circle and they were having a shared experience, even though they, nobody uh, was, was going to, you know, it was, was not going to block somebody if they thought that that person would beat them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't think there's any reason why you can't have strategy and friendship at the same time. Oh, I, I agree. Um, and, but, but, but I love seeing, I love seeing these little moments in, in, um, in survival. I know one or two today. Um, where where you see this humanity and this and this link between people you you sort of decided didn't really get on, and it's there again, and and it keeps going, and that bond, you know, will persist beyond the show in some ways. I was um, going to say even the Survivor team, it is quite common that people, even people who were not playing together in the game, or you mm-hmm. know. Or, you know, we're cut each other in the game. Um, often there are some very, very real friendships that some of them have now lasted for 20 years. Absolutely. Um, but it, but it's inevitable because this is an experience which is forged under remarkable stress. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so you've not only got the stress of being filmed in Survivor, you've also got the stress of actually surviving in Survivor. Um, so you've got this sort of double stress um, and uh, so, so much more um significant really that stress factor than in something like the circle where you've really only got the stress of surviving the show and the stress potentially of being a catfish and sort of lying or or exposing people or or, or all all that sort of stuff which sort of suffuses you with guilt um Mm -hmm. you know you can live with that but you you what is it like to live on fish for 36 days um and rice and and forage and um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm longing to tell you what I thought of all the volcano mud in a minute. But um, uh, <laughs> 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 we will get to the episode. It's only been half an hour. I just yeah, this was the intro. It's fine. to do this. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry, Jordan. We we, no, we do a... we do go off at a tangent sometimes quite wildly. Yeah. Um, but, but Karen's got terribly good at controlling me. Um. <laughs> it's a little bit difficult, you know, from what five thousand feet, you know, miles away. But I need like a little leash to kind of just be able to tug on it occasionally. Tim, Tim, I, I, I love being tugged on occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I set myself up for that. I'm sorry. Is that what you meant by visiting uh, Woody? <laughs> Stop! You know. <laughs> Woody and I went off went 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 off when 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 we were there to see um to to look at at a shop selling old videos and things, and and we found we found copies of Annie Hall and all Manhattan and all the old Woody Allen films, which of course has huge significance. And there was I thinking, 
was he named was he named after the little doll in um, in Toy Story? Um, and and I completely I completely sort of failed to think. You know, yeah, there's a there is one great Woody for us all, and he's been producing the greatest films ever. Um, and you know, I remember. Do you remember the first time you saw Manhattan? Me? It wasn't. It's been a very long time. Probably high school. I mean, I know my my parents my parents showed me all, a lot of the old Woody Allen movies when I was in high school. Uh, so I believe, yeah, Annie Hall, Manhattan. Um, I just love the color of Manhattan. I love the fact that it's in black and white, and 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 I think it was Cinemascope as well. It was this. It was this very grand, serious film. Um, and with 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 this <laughs> terribly funny some moments of. Moments of humour coming through, and you and and uh, I, I think that was my introduction to Woody Allen, and then I went back and and and, and looked at all the other stuff, um, and then forward, and I I just think you know what a what an auteur, um, but uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming that it's probably more likely that he's named for you know a great film director rather than oh, from absolutely. a children's movie. But <laughs> but either of them works for me. And at least the thing with Woody from Soy Story is that uh, there's no fear that he's going to go out and do things that uh, might make you concerned about sharing a name with him. <laughs> Always a problem to name a child or a pet. Really, again, anyone who is still alive or even a character in a franchise that is not finished. Because I know, I know of one child in many pets who were named like Daenerys. Um, oh yes, I know actually a child. Oh name, how shocking, how shocking. Yes, because yeah. that it was a perfectly reasonable name until that last season. Yes, well, she had a, she, she had a dodgy end, really, poor, poor, poor dear. Um, mind you, I would, love to, I, I would love to have played her. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, yeah. And that, that is, a, I, if, the problem was I, I don't think she saw that end coming. So she, you didn't sort of feel it building. I, 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 I felt, I, I, I felt that was a that was a finale that should have been built about three three seasons before it came. I uh, completely agree. It, it came. It really came out of nowhere. There was there was very little development to uh, make you think that uh, what happened. <laughs> without giving away too many spoilers, what what happened to Daenerys? What happened to Daenerys? As a reader of the uh, the book series, though, there are a lot more hints. So as a book reader, really? I I was a little bit less surprised than people who had only seen the show. But still, the show and the book are, are different entities. They should have uh, they should have developed her character more if you're going to take her in such a drastic direction. Again, so, without so, giving away spoilers. So do you do you think the I, author? Um, really well, you've probably already seen it. I have actually not seen it. Um, oh. I started, well, I started, I, I, well, Breaking Bad, I turned it twice. I started to watch it 
and then stopped. Um, oh, Breaking Bad is wonderful. wonderful so I finally had a friend who literally was visiting. And she said, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch this. And so it was, it was the, the scene of the bathtub, you know, falling through the seas and, and you know, and then all the blood and everything. So I decided enough for me. And then yes, the third yes, time I finally made this time around. And yes. it's definitely worth <laughs> watching. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece of art. But I'm not big on, I know it's fake blood. Right. I mean, I get that intellectually, but I don't really enjoy watching it. And I guess with Game of Thrones, the same thing. I know that people rave about it, at least until the last season. But uh, I guess it's the first was the fir very first scene. Right. It's a whole incest thing. And I was just like, yeah, not not my thing. Yeah, but it, 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 it just so it just gets grander and grander and grander. And I think visually it's a treat. But the same thing is true of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and once I saw Breaking Bad, then I then I saw the spin off with the, with, with the wonderful man. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I just think you know this is this is not only um, tremendously artful. Uh, the the acting is great. Mm -hmm. The storytelling is great. It actually grips me. I don't call product. It was just kind of not for me. I'm not big on war movies. I'm not big on like I said, you know. Not my thing, but that's why there are many, many networks and many, many shows. Uh, so where were we? Oh, we're back at the beginning of the episode. We have uh, to pick and mix. Yes, um, let's. Sorry. We have to pick and mix. Right. We have to. We have. We have to pick bits, and we and we have to be. You know, uh, I I think there's a point to saying. My mother used to say, "You can't teach an old hen Dog. new trick or something." Yeah. Is yeah. it an old duck new tricks? So what, what, what's the expression? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. An old dog, yeah, we, we'll get there somewhere in the zoo. Um, and, um, uh, and and I thought, no, that's not true. I, I, you know, woof, 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 I can be taught new tricks every day and I would like to be taught new tricks. Um, and uh, and, and I, I, um, I, I remember saying, so often in the circle, but, 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 it, but I say it in real life. Uh, and particularly when I'm teaching I, I say I, I don't consider this I don't consider this a reasonable lesson or lecture if I don't go out here and if I don't go, leave this place and, and feel that I've learned something. Now, of course, if I'm the only voice actually making noises, that's a big effort. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I did find when when I was lecturing to large groups of people that I always learned something if if only what somebody's name was or or that somebody could actually fall asleep in my own lectures, which was always very entertaining. But I think, Tim, I think the re one of the things that people warm to with you, uh, with about with you, is that you are always learning. Um, and I will say, you know, and there there is a range, but obviously many, not, not everyone, I'm not even going to say most, but there's certainly older people who just, you get to a certain age, and um, yeah, they're not really interested in anything new. No, I think you can't teach an old dog new trips if they're not even if if they're not participating in the exercise. Absolutely. Well, I, I you know if I stop learning about people, then I'll start learning new languages, um, and and doing and doing it badly. <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got a whole list, and I, I, I you know, and, and there are some languages I've now forgotten, and I think um, uh, I, I sort of I, I start learning those as well. What's the last thing you learned, Jordan? The last thing I learned. Well, really. <laughs> I, I would say that I um, I like to host uh, games. I like to host Mafia. I like to host The Circle. And uh, a friend of mine invented a mini version of a reality show type game that could be played in about two hours. And I did it last night. And I learned that uh, we 
had a good a good basis for a game, but we had a a lot of things that we needed to change in order to make the game better, to make the game the game mechanics more fair. Um, so I would say that that we learned that we are not as uh, as smart as we think we are uh, cre- creating uh, creating these games, but I do think that we are creative enough where we're going to be able to make it a a, a really um, fun and unique experience for people who are playing. You know, I, I, I think games play is a little bit like writing a musical. You have to keep writing and keep rewriting. You don't have one solid uh, thing which you then take, bang, this is perfect. Um, it's, always about, it's always about tweaking. And, um, and the people who invent these things, um, I think, you know, inventing a game that lots of people can play, um, other than incest, I suspect, um, it's, it, 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 it's remarkable. Well, I, I think that's, well, I was going to say, I think that comes naturally, but I hope not. Unless you're a cat, please, hey, don't listen to this. I'm being very rude. Um, but I, I've, got, I, I, I've got a cat on my knee, and he's sitting quite contented. Now, 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 now his ears are pricked up, and the moment I mention incest, I mean, it's, sort of, it's sort of programmed into the animal, like rabbit. Um, it, it's disturbing, but, but I mean, he's had a little operation. Do so I, I want to ask why your cat has an interest in incest, or do I just want to let that go? I th- no, I think all cats do. I, uh, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time when I was a child on a farm, and I thought, oh, how lovely the little cats and the, these baby kittens grow up, and then the next thing, next thing you know, their father and kittens are their own with their mother, and you think this is not this is not nice. Aren't there any gay cats? Um, and um, <laughs> they probably are, and they're probably doing something alarming as well. Um, but you know, it's just um, it's just disturbing. They all need a little trip to the vet, I think. Um, <laughs> well, that that will at least, uh, even if it doesn't remove their desires, it removes their ability to act on their desires. Uh, so if you are sleeping, yes, with I, your I, body, maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't, I, I don't think these thoughts ever come ever ever cross Bay's mind. Actually, he's quite innocent. You know what I will say? I took a lot of notes for this podcast, and none of them were about cat incest. <laughs> you did not prepare. I, 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 feel sound, I feel soundly wrapped on the knuckles. Let's get on. Okay. So, <laughs> so at the beginning of episode 12, at first I just want to – so there was a post. Uh, we've talked about Survivor Sucks and the online fan community. Unfortunately, generally, those message boards seem to have been lost to history. Right? I wanted to go back and kind of immerse myself in that world. And the sucks boards themselves don't seem to be there anymore, but sometimes they are brought down by, you know, people who know the game. And so Mario Lanza, who we had on, you know, at the beginning of the season. uh, So in his book, he writes about that there was a post on Survivor Sucks right at this point in the season between episode 11 and episode 12. So it was a poster named El Kabong, Right, who says, we are left this week with five people who we all want to see covered with honey and tied to anthills. And I think that's a pretty good summary of how the fan community was reacting to the first season while it was happening. People did didn't not like, like these people. people. No, they did not like Tagi. They did- I, 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 I have warmed so much to almost all of the people there. So what's gone wrong with us as a um, as humanity that we now like these people, whereas 20 years ago we may not have done? Well, I again, mean, I... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Maria. I, I think it's sort of uh, without really giving... Without giving away um, 
how the show has progressed. I think that the the behavior that we see from the from the five Tagi members of you know making alliances, being strategic, getting further in the game has become commonplace in Survivor. So a modern Survivor audience will go back and watch this and say the Tagi people aren't the villains. The people on Pagang were crazy to not align or at least to try to pull people in from Tagi to get themselves farther in the game. So I think that I, I don't. I mean, society obviously has changed a lot since uh, the year two thousand, but I think Survivor viewers in general are just used to this type of gameplay where they value uh, strategic thinking over, you know, you know, original tribe loyalty, which really these, the original tribes, it's based on nothing. It's just based on how the, yeah. the producers tried to divvy the people up. And we even, Richard Hatch um, gives a, uh, a quote at the beginning of the episode where he was like, he never believed in his tribe. He never believed in the merged tribe of Ratana or his original tribe of Tagi. He believed in his alliance of you know, I would call it his alliance of four and a half people because Sean is sort of, you know, they, they, uh, he, he votes the same as them because when his, uh, the, the Tagis figure out that he's voting based on the, uh, the alphabet, they're like, oh, we're just going to put our four votes with his and that'll be a majority no matter what happens. Um, so I would say that he cares about his four and a half person alliance that th- that was a choice. Those people made a choice to come together. The, original tribal lines were decided by production. It was, I mean, not, it's not random because they, they do try to have personalities that are going to be interesting together, but mm-hmm. it's nothing that the players chose. Yes. But I, 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 I would go further than that. And I would say that actually Richard in that, in that, in that little monologue to camera, um, he, he says something about they, uh, he cares very little about all these personalities. Um, mm-hmm. And he's quite dismissive of everybody. Um, it's not how he behaves, it's what he says, but I don't think it's how he, it, it, that's not carried out in his actions. So I think, so I think there's a mismatch there. Now, because I think he's lovable. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of every single person in this final five. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good. And I'm, I'm wearing my, uh, my old school Survivor shirt, and these are all uh, old school Survivor legends who were left in the game. I wore that one a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, so was Rich saying the same thing about Tagi, though, Jordan? I thought it was really talking about Ratan, Ratana. He was, was talking about Ratana, but then he also... the game at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And he, he said first, like, you know, Ratana was just a random thing. It never really meant anything. But then he sort of brought it back to Tagi as well, where I, I completely agree with Tim, where he's thinking, I mean, he's telling his his tribe mates that he cares about the alliance. Um, what he's telling the camera is, yes, he cares about getting his alliance to this point. So then he could go further and get himself to the end of the game, potentially. Um, but he really is talking to his 
you know, Tagi four or Tagi five, however you want to look at it, that, you know, the beginning of the game, they sort of were the core group within their original tribe. And that Tagi as a whole didn't mean as much as their force. I think what he's really trying to do is build unity, sort of subliminally, subliminally plant in their heads that he was the one who helped them all get to this point. So hopefully they remain loyal to him. But he wasn't. This is, this is the other thing. I mean, you, you get the impression that Richard is guiding everything. Um, I don't. I don't feel that he was. Um, so, I, so this this episode brought brought up lots of sort of um, almost, almost philosophical questions, uh, but certainly pra uh, certainly practical direction, practical questions of direction. If I were directing this as a show, I would be wondering about people's arcs and what uh, and, uh, and and what they were actually achieving and what they were actually doing, what they thought they were achieving and what they were actually doing. And I think there's a mismatch, there's a big mismatch on many levels between what Richard says and what he does. I, I agree with that too. And I think what, what Richard says to the camera, uh, as opposed to what Richard says to his trimates, I think he he sees himself as the mastermind, as like the uh, as like pulling pulling the strings with within yep. his alliance, and he's going to say whatever he needs to say to these people to try to manipulate them. But I also think like you look at the what how this alliance really formed at the beginning. The first two people in in this in this uh, four and a half person alliance that that really came together uh, were, were Sue and Kelly, and you see that a lot uh, that that relationship sort of starts to deteriorate in this episode oh, towards the end. Um, I mean, they did. They had a couple. You're, 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 follow, you're following. You're following an edit there. I oh mean. no! Of course, of course. Right. No, but even at the beginning, we have you know the fight. Uh, you know the, this this fight that happens between Sue and Kelly in episode twelve. And you're right. Really, a kind of it, it, it's it's not one event. Right. We saw some signs of some possible weakening even in the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. And then, as you know, uh, spoiler alert: at the end. Um, they still continue to vote as a block of four. Yeah, well, I, mean, I think it stems. I think it stems from Kelly voting for Sean in the previous episode right. instead of Colleen. Right, yeah. right, and right, and so so this big fight. And again, I, when I went back to rewatch it, I mean, obviously it's important to the narrative, but when I remember, you know, because I hadn't seen this in several years, um, I thought it was going to be a much bigger deal. Hmm. Um, I, was, I was expecting come to blows and it lasts for 30 seconds and they're a little yeah. cross with each other. And then Sue goes out off the fish and then they all make up. No, I, I, I was expecting um, uh, Alexis and Crystal tumbling into the blue water and thrashing around maybe in the mud. Um, I, I, I thought, I thought the lure of uh, a volcano mud and this little fight I, I, I thought I, I thought you know Joan Collins you don't have a leg to stand on with with with, with this in the offing but um, actually it was a bit of a damp squib really. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, what um, do you think, Jordan? Feel, yeah, I mean I, it's maybe may, maybe they just didn't have the cameras on them at the right time. <laughs> You know what you did you do see you do see the camera walking up to them. So I do get the sense that the fight did go on for longer than we saw because they just I I, I mean and you could sort of tell from you know from all the from from the editing that you get in the first season, I, they don't have all the same camera angles that they yeah, have in the more modern that. seasons. They don't have as big of a production team. Um, so the camera does sort of walk up to them in the middle of the fight. We don't know. It could have been going on for 30 seconds before that. It could have been going on for 10 minutes. I don't know. But it was definitely big. It was big enough of a deal where you see Kelly going to Rich and talking about it. Sue's going up to Rich and talking okay. about it. So I, I don't think, you know, it is sort of, 
this historic moment in the history of the show because it's the first it's like the first real blow up on camera i wouldn't even consider it a blow up compared to other things that would happen later down the line in survivor history Um, on camera the camera missed the camera missed the -hmm. dramatic moment and that dramatic moment may just have been a look it may just have been um a word but it was completely missed and what we got was the fallout and that's not actually very interesting and 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 so i felt there was a lot of build-up and then it was a sort of um um sorry was that good for you dear no (laughs) i i think the the more important point about the fight was more than the fight itself was a kelly's uh conversation with rich um, after in, yeah. in the aftermath, and then later in the episode, where uh, Sue and Kelly are having the conversation about wanting to be civil with each other, but in that conversation, Sue says to Kelly, "I don't want to go to the final three with you, but let's be civil to each other." That could have potential, that's, potentially large ramifications on the game. Yeah, that's that, that's an astonishing thing to mm-hmm. say. First of all, but 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 secondly, I thought that um, Rich's response. Um, to, 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 to that big confessional um, and to Kelly justifying herself. Um, mm-hmm. I, thought, I, I thought that was really what we were getting was the responses to, in some ways, the responses to questions which we were not told. Oh, of course. Um, the, producer, yeah, the producers always ask leading questions. Well, whether that was questions that the producers were throwing in or whether it was questions that Richard was throwing in, um, I think those questions were edited out and it's a great shame because um, she was, she sort of had her back against the wall and was defending herself. She wasn't, she wasn't, um, she wasn't advancing an argument. She, it, it was all defensive. Um, and I thought that was fascinating because we only, we only got her defense. We didn't get um, the prosecution. Right. But again, the, but again, Jordan says the, the prosecution is pretty simple, right? Because she, Kelly yeah, but she should have seen she it because the prosecution bit. Isn't it in in, 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 in both in, in both the Rich uh, Kelly thing and in the Kelly Sue thing, mm-hmm. we miss the big dramatic moment. What we get is the aftermath. Mm-hmm. What we get is the cleaning up. Um, and and I think this is a this is a failure. Um, I, th- I, I think incidentally, it's a failure that runs across the whole medium. Even if, even if you've got cameras picking up the moment of drama. Mm-hmm. You've often got producers saying, "Can you do that again?" Um, so, and, and these are not professional actors. One of the, I, re- I remember years and years ago, I was, um, I, 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 I was doing um, recordings for teaching English as a foreign language, and so I, I often meet people now who who know my voice because they learned English with me. You know, listen and interesting. And um, uh, and and so we have these huge scripts. Uh, and no time allowed to, to get through an entire an entire course in one day, and I'm a dreadful giggler. In the recording booth, the, um, the the producer would drop and say, "Tim, can you practice?" And I just thought, what a ridiculous thing to do. And there was a there was a girl who I used to work with quite often, a wonderful girl called Shireen, and and and, and she and I just realised there's no point in practicing because if you practice, you then have to learn it. And if you just go for it, the chances are you're not going to giggle because you've been so terrified about the next word, and you'll actually deliver quite a good, quite a good thing, sort of um, off the cuff. Um, and so we tried to do it with, with, without ever rehearsing, um, and it was always better. Um, the sort of uh, what, what is it, a Marlon Brando approach to um, to, to acting? 
um, because he hated rehearsing as well. Um, right. He just, we just wanted to get the moment. In you, know, you either get the moment or you learn it so you can't go wrong. I, that, that, the alternative is the Julie Andrews approach, that you, um, that, that, that you are so professional, um, you cannot make a mistake. Um, so either, I, I, either, you're, either you're there to capture the reality of the moment or you work incredibly hard to recreate the reality of the moment. Right. So right. what we get in a lot of reality TV and particularly in scripted reality, um, of, of which I've now started to look at a little bit, which is, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's, like watching, it's like watching underwear dry um, when it's being self-sorted. I just think, it's, I, I just think it's, um, it's unattractive in so many ways. Because you've got people who are not actors trying to uh, trying try, trying to reproduce a moment which is which is real, and they just can't do it. It's, it, it comes across as false every time. Right. Um, no, and you're right. And those sorts of showing set up situations, like you said, and then let these people into, like I said, pu putting them in the middle of a situation where, but like you said, they're they're not given a script. They're not actors. No. Um, so that is a very, which is why I don't, Jordan, I don't know about you, but I really don't watch reality shows generally unless they're competitive for this I, reason. I, yeah, same with me. I'm actually not, there, there are many reality shows that are very popular that I don't watch. The really, really the only ones that I watch uh, on a regular basis are Survivor, um, The Genius, which is a, a Korean reality show. And unfortunately there were only four, uh, four seasons, uh, but they were all fantastic. And again, that was a competition reality show, which I think had an incredible casting, uh, both, you know, the, the intellect of these people, but also the fact that they were so entertaining. Um, and uh, the other one, the other one that I, wa I, I watched is uh, uh, The Circle, uh, which is, again, it's, um, you know, it's a different type of competition, but it is still a competition. And I think now, you know, being uh, being in in uh, quarantined in my apartment. I mean, I've yeah, I've left my apartment and I, I haven't been in my apartment nonstop for the last five months. But like you know, it's it's very very little time outside. I, I sort of think to myself, um, I, this really could mess with, if you're if you're in the circle or a game like Big Brother where you're constantly in a house. Um, and that's especially different because you're you're with a lot of other other people that could probably drive you crazy. Uh, I, I think it's um it's kind of interesting to think, and I, uh, I I've been going back and forth whether I want to watch. Big Brother this season, and I think I'm going to give it a try, uh, and um, and and hopefully I like it better than BB19, which is the the one season of the show that I watched. Oh, that was the only season you ever watched? Yeah, you should try yeah. another season. I think so. Uh, really? That one quite uncomfortable to watch. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So, anything else on this before we get to um, the challenge? I've, I've got another. Um... Uh, Sean said, saying how much he was wishing for home, and I thought, well, this time he's actually going to go. <laughs> the other thing I noticed, just in this part of the show, we haven't seen this for many episodes, and we didn't—they didn't do it with everybody. I think they only did it with Sue and Sean. Suddenly, they're reminding us of their names. So you see this, like, oh, yeah. lying mm -hmm. down and just complaining about everything, and they remind us. All we see is Sean. Yeah. Yep. Just in case we yep. forgot his name in the last mm -hmm. episodes. Didn't well, you know, this is this is programming for Tim. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Um, but um, but I, I get confused. I uh, so I, I I could do with I could do with that all the time on my television actually. 
And then um, those are the two people, uh, Sue and Sean, who end up getting votes in the episode. And these are also the two people that are talking about home. And I, I think they were they were setting us up the whole time where yeah. it's going to be one or the other uh, yeah. getting voted yeah. out. Absolutely. Which I think, and I think that's where I, I think that was where the uh, the editing did a good job of telling telling the story. Um, yes, except I just didn't feel that this was the one time when I didn't feel that they got very much tension out of that sort of. Um... No, that I I agree I agree with that. I, I'm saying the setting up Sue and Sean as the potential boots of the episode. I oh, think they did a good job doing that. I, I wish I had seen more of that fight. And honestly, you know, there, there wasn't a lot. And this is a theme in not just Survivor Borneo, but a couple of the older seasons as well, where they don't focus as much on where the votes are going, who might be the, who might be the boots. It's more it's more subtle, like hearing them talking about wanting to see their family, uh, as as opposed to really seeing these strategic conversations, which is what I really like about the show. Um, I mean, I love the entertaining moments as well and the character building moments, but I wish I would have seen more of these conversations between like you know the, the four people that were not Sean. You know, Sean. I mean, I don't. I mean, Sean is someone who was voting based on the alphabet. I don't think he had a lot of gameplay in him. Um, but I would have. I wonder if there were any moments that they didn't show of him trying to plead his case. And I, I again, with, with a player like Sean, I don't even know if it happened. Well, realize, we uh, Jordan, I just don't believe his stuff. That—that—that's my problem. Um, I think he's far more intelligent than that. I think the alphabet thing was a ruse, so that he didn't look as if he was offending anybody. I think the alphabet thing was complete fiction. The, the, well, he the, does. He does say that he chose the alphabet strategy because the Pagangs had letters at the beginning of the alphabet as opposed to Tagi. But I mean, he was also clearly, though, on the outside of what he thought was his group. So I do, I do think he's. I don't think he was completely unstrategic, and I do think that the alphabet strategy did have some strategy behind it. But I don't think that he is. When, when it comes to the, the five Tagi players that were at the merge, I think he's in fifth place in terms of who had the best strategy. Yeah, but even in this episode, though, he was trying to work on Rich, right? Um, I'm not saying he did it particularly well, but at least by this point, he's definitely woken up. He has abandoned the alphabet strategy. And he is trying to bond with Rich because I think he knows, I think everybody knows at this point, that Rich seems to be the CEO, the, the locus of power. Mm -hmm. But did you, not, did you not feel in this episode that he was a little bit dull? Rich? No, Sean. Oh, Sean. I mean, I, I felt that, <laughs> I felt that the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Come to my side. Come to the dark side. Um, there, there was a point in which Sean sort of blossomed. I think it was last week. Um, and, and he was looking as if he was going there the week before. And this week he's gone back to being dull. And I'm thinking... You know, I mean, I think, look, I think Sean is a very endearing character. I think he's a very intelligent person. I mean, he's he's a doctor. He's you can't I, I don't um, I think there's very few cases in which you could be a stupid person and be a doctor. I'm I'm talking in terms of strategic gameplay. Not everyone has that gear. You could be an extremely, you know, interesting intellectual person, but just not have that that gear. And I, th I think that Sean might be uh, one of these people. But again, I don't think he had I think he was playing more strategically than a lot of the early Tagi boots and a lot of the Pagangs that made the merge who could have done something and didn't. But do you know what I think really killed Sean in this episode? I, I think the fact that Sue and Kelly, and yes, the, the it wasn't even saying a blow up. It wasn't even as big of a fight as they made it out to be or as people remember. But I think the fact that Sue and Kelly are now less likely to work with each other, I think Sean's best, best case was the two of them bringing him in 
and potentially getting Rudy or Rich. Rudy, who is the most respected guy there, and like if if he gets to the end, it's hard to imagine a scenario a scenario when he loses. And then Rich, who's able to 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 like claim that he played a you know a mastermind type strategic game. I I think that that Sean's best bet was if the two, if uh, if Kelly and Sue were were did not have this fight and did not you know Sue does not tell Kelly I don't want to go to the final three with you anymore. I think that's the final three who all have a pretty good shot against each other. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Right. Rudy, Rudy was the one to get out this, this in this episode. I yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was interested that it didn't happen. And I think um, I, I, I think Kelly's fear that she was going to go out. Um, oh, and I, I think that if Tim, if, sorry, if Kelly had not won immunity, I think she would have been the next person out. Do you really? What do you think, Jordan? I. I think it's. I mean, they did. They did say in the last episode that if she hadn't won against Colleen, she would have been out over Colleen. I don't know if that's necessarily true either, because they know if Colleen is able to get herself to the end, there's a whole jury of Pagangs. And even though this would only be getting to the final five, and there's still a bunch of immunity challenges, and Colleen wasn't necessarily an immunity threat, I, I think there is a fear that if. She, if, you know, there's a lot of variables in the game, there's a lot of things that could happen. People will, might try to work with her in, within your alliance and leave you. So I do think there is a fear that if Colleen is able to get to the end of the game, she's going to beat whoever she faces, which is absolutely what I think would have happened with the exception of maybe Rudy. Um, but I, so I don't know if it was true last episode. I think it's more likely this episode that maybe, um, uh, you know, especially with, with uh, you know, Sue now, Plus, Rich and Rudy might look at Kelly as a bigger threat because uh, she's more likely to win challenges than than Sean. Uh, she's more strategic than Sean. But I don't necessarily think it's it's a, a locked case that they were that they were going to get rid of uh, Kelly over Sean if she hadn't won the immunity challenge. Yeah, mm. fair enough. But I thought there was definitely a possibility, especially yeah, now it's sure. out in the open that Kelly was not voting with the alliance. I mean, now, you know, you can have feelings that maybe somebody is spending, you know, too much time, quote unquote, with the other side or whatever. But um, those things you can kind of interpret or not, depending on where you are in the game. Whereas once you have somebody who you think is an ally or an adversary, either way, suddenly vote for somebody that you do not expect them to vote for. This is so that you have to pay attention to. What there I think is a major a major red flag, if I'm if I'm one of Kelly's allies, whenever and, and it's happened a lot of times in the history of the show, when you have someone who's in your alliance and they're saying, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm making relationships with the people on the other side to try to, like, pretend to be a double agent. But really, I'm still with you guys, even though I'm spending all my time with them. That is very concerning, especially when a lot of them make up the jury. Uh, and also, even even if even before the jury phase, even if you if even if she still stays with you and votes with you, but you go to the end with her, but she has all these relationships that are on the jury, you're going to lose to her. Um, it, it's even it's very concerning before that too. Not only is she making relationships that can help her in the jury phase, she's she might be making relationships with your adversaries that can knock you out of the game if she flips. So I think that is a big red flag, and I do think that is what got her potentially into trouble had she lost that immunity challenge. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, there was one interesting point in the conversation with Rich, mm-hmm. where she says something. I can't what it was. I, I, she says how she's sort of testing the ground or something, and then he says that's untrue. And then when camera cuts, mm. do, do you remember that? And I thought, what is he then going to go on and develop that? But he doesn't. The the, um, the 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 production doesn't want us to hear what he says next. But I got the impression that he was about to say, look, I think. Kelly, you've been you, you, you've been you, you've been cheating all, all the time. 
I know that you're. I, 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 I know that you're not part of our alliance. Oh, but I think if he'd said that, they would have shown that to us. I think. I think Rich is probably too devious to do that. You know, he doesn't want to burn any bridges with anybody. I mean, he I might think, have yeah. at that point, right? That he shouldn't trust Kelly. I think that's the biggest difference uh, between Rich and Sue, where Sue is also, you know, she's a member of this alliance. She has played a, strate- a strategic game up into, until this point, but she's such a direct person. She'll, she'll, she says whatever she's thinking for basically for the whole, for the whole season. Like she'll say what she is actually thinking to your face. You could basically trust what she's saying because she's going to give it to you a hundred percent, which isn't, which is good. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a sense, because people know that they could trust what you're saying, but it's also bad because you're you're sort of laying your cards down and showing people what what you're going to do in the future. Um, so I think that's the biggest difference between Rich and and Sue, where Rich is probably thinking a lot of the same things that Sue is saying, but she's not, but he's not saying them out loud. Right. He's saying and it he, in confessionals, which right. is and he watched, and he was watching this growing rift between Sue and Kelly, mm-hmm. and his reaction was, "I will use this to my advantage." Mm-hmm. Right. I'm oh, yes. uh, I benefit from it without directly participating in it. I feel like yeah, that's that was that was quite a nasty thing to say. Um but um but but, but I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. And again, it's funny, you know, you talk about this being nasty, and I'm just thinking about all these other times in Survivor history where I'm not even sure that this callus is nasty. But, you know, again, we're these are early days for Tim. Uh, early days for me. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure if Dante had been alive, he'd be doing a lot of revision about who he put in hell. Uh, after, <laughs> people, like, people like presidents of various countries and the occasional mm. ex-king. Um, he think, no, 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 no. I'm going to staff heaven with so many of these people I stuffed into the uh, in, into this circle and that circle. I was wrong, mm-hmm. um, you know. So yeah, lot of revision going on here. I think I think Dante, his favorite reality show would have been the circle. I think it would. Yes, but you need more than seven circles, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure Tim Harcourt had Dante. On his shelf while he while while he was inventing. Anyway, he's a classicist. I, I don't know I don't know what his Italian is like, but um, but 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 his Latin and Greek is um is really quite quite good though. His Greek pronunciation stinks. He he, he uses this very strange ancient Greek pronunciation. I think if you're going to if you're going to pronounce ancient Greek, you at least pronounce it like a modern Greek. You make it sound real. It's like if you want to pronounce Hebrew, you pronounce it like like like, like a modern Israeli. You want you, you want to make it sound real. What you do with Latin, God God knows. But I think you probably want to make it sound like Italian. Um, but um, 
actually speak Latin these days? Yes, yes, the, 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 the old Pope used to have used to chatter away in Latin, and the Queen Queen Elizabeth I apparently chattered in Latin. And I remember my Latin teacher, my Latin teacher when I was a child, used to claim he talked in Latin. And I certainly knew that I, I certainly knew a history teacher who, um, who, who who I had later on who used to talk about talking in Latin. So I believe people do it. Um, but I, I would like to think that they use nice sort of flowing Italianate sounds um, rather than pronouncing a pronouncing everything horrible, horrible. You want to sound <laughs> you want to sound as if you're walking through fields of uh, through fields of corn with cicadas chirping away in the background and and and, and um, you know it, it, like, like like a scene from a, from a Pasolini film or Zeffirelli or something like Brother Sun Sister Moon. That's what it is. That's what it is, and we're and this bad Greek accent with more clothes. We hope. Um, you're saying that so so hearing these bad Greek accents just takes you out of the moment. Oh, I I I just want to throw my head down a loo. Actually, I mean, really, I, I, I just want to discuss it. Um, and, and and people struggling with, with 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 where to put the where where to put the accent. One accent, one word. Just take take it from a modern Greek. None of this um, you know, two accented words. You just you, you can barely get one accent. One accent, one word, make it sound real. Um, well, I, I speak one foreign language, not particularly well, and my accent is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'm, prob I'm probably there with you too. I can barely manage any of the languages I'm supposed to be able to speak. You know a lot more languages than uh, I do. Yeah. And, and, and I got into a habit now that I'm in lockdown. If, if somebody starts talking to me in, a, in one of these languages I'm supposed to know, I just think, well, as long as it's not English, I just open my mouth and whatever pops out is it will be appropriate. They look at me blankly, you know. And uh, <laughs> um, there was a, have you have you have you have you read the name of the rose? There's this wonderful character in there, one, uh, a sort of uh, a, a, a rather simple monk, um, and he has a language which is a mixture of about five languages, and he flows from one to the other within the sentence. Oh, I have relatives who are like this that they yeah, yeah. that they you know. They, my, my cousin's husband speaks like eight languages. Yeah. Uh, English, I think, is his fifth language, and he speaks it, you know, completely idiomatically. No problem with the accent, whatever. But when he and his sister and mother would get together, this is what happens: that they would just drift between English and Hebrew and French and German, and you yep. know, and they're not even aware that they're doing it. Yeah, I um, think it's you know, very like, impressive, really. But um, if they're talking about the arts, it's in French. Right, and if yep. they're talking, and if they're in pain, that's German. Right, Literally, <laughs> I mean, we're sitting there, and my cousin and I again, who only speak, you know, English and Hebrew, and a little bit, French, speak a little bit of French. Um, so you know, you pick, just pick a language. You can speak in Hebrew, you can speak in English. Right, we can follow either. They're like, we're not switching languages. What are you talking about? We're speaking English. Like, no, you're speaking English at the moment, but thirty seconds ago, right, you were trying to speak Turkish or something. So yeah, yeah there are definitely people who who do and have that kind of facility. Yeah, but I, I, I think the moment you move from one language into another, you you, you suddenly so concepts sort 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 of pop out because right. um, so uh, you know monoglots um, a concept is related to a word. Mm -hmm. The moment you've got two words for the same concept, suddenly the concept is on its own, um, and and I, I think I think this is a great help if you're trying to do strategy um, because you suddenly you can suddenly see concepts. From popping out, um, they're not disguised in words at all. That they're there for the world to see as concepts. 
Um, and, and you see people's emotions much more clearly, I think. Um, Jordan, what do you think? Do you um, I, I do I do think you have a, a point there where people, if, um, you know, when you hear people, I, I know I kind of know people who do go between Hebrew and English. And when they're talking to each other, it's usually when they're angry, when they're, speaking, they're either mad at each other or they're speaking passionately and they speak Hebrew to each other. But when it's a more, you know, a regular conversation, everyday conversation, they go to English. And even if you don't speak the language, you do sort of understand the, uh, uh, the sense of the conversation based on their, their tone or what language they're speaking. I don't really speak very much um, Turkish, but, uh, but 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 I know when my partner gets yeah, me, angry, me neither. He would he he would say "Good joke, Adam," which means ridiculous man. I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> As insults go, it's quite a charming one, don't you think? Yeah, um, I like You know, it's, it's like some, it's like something out of Harry Potter. Um, but um, the best right. English insults I've ever heard are in Yiddish. Yes, I agree. Like, you don't want to annoy an, a Yiddish person, a Yiddish-speaking person. Um, I just remember, and I'm, again, my, I'm not going to even try the because my Yiddish pronunciation is even worse than my Hebrew pronunciation. I told you. I, I, I was taught uh, snippets like this as a child. There was one curse where, you know, may you grow like an onion with your head in the ground and your feet waving in the air. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yiddish is a very Yiddish is a very rich language, and it's got. Um, uh, a Yiddish songs are just so are just so wonderful. I wanted to sing one or two in the circle, and I wasn't allowed to. Um, but I did, I, and, and I couldn't write anything up in uh, 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 up in Yiddish on uh, b b b behind the stove. Um, but I, I did manage. I think I managed a little bit of um, a, a little bit of Turkish, a little bit of Greek. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the circle would put it up, would put up with any of that Michigas. <laughs> <laughs> While, while we're teaching Tim, you know, um, abbreviations and slang and all of that, we can also teach him some Yiddish. Oh, no, no, I, I know a little bit of Yiddish, so teach more, because I taught in a school where the, where, where, where the lingua franca was Yiddish. I was the only, the only teacher teaching in English. And then I taught in a school where I'm, where I'm supposed to start all my lessons in Welsh, which was extraordinary. I don't remember a word of it. I do, actually. I can remember how to say good morning. Which is <laughs> but Yiddish, I just think is I, I, I just think Yiddish is beautiful. Um, I think it looks lovely, and, um, and 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 I think it sounds wonderful, and it's uh, it, 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 it's very passionate. And um, yeah, we have to have a sing song. Going going back to English here, because um, oh. we're going back to English and to mud baths. So, and mud baths, right? No, so this, this, this reward challenge. Out. The point where Flanders and Swan come in and so mud, mud, glorious mud. I think I've done that before. Mm -hmm. uh, the hippopotamus song, song isn't it? So this is introduced. There's a, there's a you, the, the tree mail is actually a bucket of mud, right? Yeah. With a message um, in like a Ziploc bag that they pull out. And so what you say, you know, you're going to. Okay. So the, the game is you have to get as much mud as you can from the mud volcano into a bucket in five minutes, right? We understand that you, know, you put it on your body, you run, you, um, losing my words again, but you, you want to then get the, the mud into the bucket and whoever's um, bucket weighs the most is the winner of the challenge. Now, in terms of the prize, what we're told is that the winner gets one Bud Light now, right, as a kind of an appetizer, uh, and later, you're going to be picked up and taken to a mysterious bar 
where you will get to see the first five minutes of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, all, 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 of that, all of that as a reward bored the pants off me and, and the bar can we talk about the bar episode first then we'll go back to the mud well i was going to say it, it, it would have it would have actually bored you even more if you had known this that the original challenge the original prize was in fact one bud light that was what they were supposed to get and right. apparently but production was hearing you know m- murmurs from the cast that you know they were expecting the last reward you know sean got to see his father and he got to spend a night on a yacht right I'm sure, like, you know, when Kelly won, you know, she was asking, she was hoping her boyfriend was going to show up. Um, so none of this was even really planned. You know, the whole right. bar thing was added. So where did they create the bar? Well, that's a whole situation. So I'll, I'll jump to this now. I was going to talk oh, about please, jump, jump to this, and then we can go back and really... Survivor, the, way, the way that they, they portray it to us is there's this, you know, survivor bar yes. that I guess, you know, locals hang out on. Um, yes. This is absolutely not true. Um, the the entire bar was created in a few hours uh, during that particular day, and the locals presumably were all were were were, were, were runners and producers. Some, some of them were were staff for the show. Some of them they did bring their friends. So I shouldn't say it did exist. It existed in the sense that there was kind of a hangout where this the crew would tend to you know kick back and have a beer, uh, yeah. but it was not set up in any way like a bar. You know, with the tables and the ferns and the you know. Um, they do. I, I was confused a bit because there is a neon sign. It's like Survivor Bar, and I'm not. I don't know so much about neon, but I don't think that you can just make a neon sign all that quickly. I, I wonder if you know you you would think that the uh, the production team and everyone who works on the show you would think within their facility at night when they're if they have a night off or something that they do probably have a bar and maybe that was just the sign that they had up at the at the survivor yeah. bar because they were the survivor that's that's what I that's what I figured when I was watching this because I knew the backstory when I was watching yeah. this no, so no Mark, Mark Burnett claims that basically he didn't he doesn't address the the neon sign but they mm-hmm. heard that, you know, they were literally on the way to the challenge and when they were hearing these grumblings from the contestants, they realized they had to do more. So they played the challenge. Kelly got her her beer. And then just in the intervening hours, they brought in their set decorator and she just pulled everything together and again, recruited a bunch of locals. And that bar really, as a bar, only existed for that one evening. Yeah, the biggest oh. the biggest clue to the fact that it wasn't a real bar is that clearly uh, Budweiser was the, was the sponsor for for this episode, and the bar only had Budweiser and Bud Light. So I think that was a good clue that it was not a real bar, and in fact, it was created for the sponsor and for the challenge. Yes, yes. And, and when Probe says to Kelly, he says, "Here, this Bud's for you." I'm, yeah. They must pay an extra. For oh, that. of course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the whole bar, so it's cute, but uh, like anyway, I said, when you so all you need is a Budweiser. Uh, you know. No. See, Tim, not, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jordan. Um, I was going to say, Tim. I think I think you would have been more interested in in this reward if they did what they do in not not just in modern seasons, but going all the way back. You know, where when you win a reward, where you go somewhere, typically you have to pick another contestant to go with you. Oh, yes, this causes exactly. a lot of drama with the people back at camp who didn't get picked. And then it's also more interesting when you're on the reward because you have two people in the game who are now on a reward. They're in a different setting and they're talking to each other, usually making deals. So that would have been a lot yeah. more interesting than her having a drink with yeah. Jeff Probst. Who would, who would you take it if she had that opportunity? If I, I think that she probably, hmm. Who would Kelly have taken with her? I, I think that there's a good chance. I don't think she takes Sue after. Yeah. I think 
right. I, I do think that taking Sue would have been smart because say, like, I, maybe you could rebuild the relationship. I don't think she would yeah. have done it. I think she would have either taken um, Rich or Rudy, probably Rich, because I think she had more of a working relationship with him. Where if it's Rich, he... I get, again, I, n- I never think you should take whoever is really your closest ally. I'm actually of the opinion for reward challenges that you should not win reward challenges. It makes you a threat for no reason. You hope you get taken on a reward challenge, but I think you should throw every every reward challenge. Immunity is really the challenges if you if you need it that you should be trying to win. Um, but I, I do think that Kelly would have taken Rich. I think the smart move would have been to take um, either Sue or Sean and then maybe said to Sean, look, Let's try to go to the final three together with with Sue. Sue's not beating us. Nobody likes so Sue. So, 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 so if, if I were to invent um, or, or, or host um, something like Survivor, I wouldn't want to tell people whether this was a um, an immunity challenge or a reward challenge. I would want them, I would want to surprise them at the end just to, to get round that issue. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's so much of an issue because I really there are people who have thrown reward challenges. There's people who have thrown immunity challenges. It's not like a, a pervasive issue on Survivor. Uh, I think people do since they are so hungry. I'm, I'm saying this now in the comfort of my house, having you know eaten breakfast this morning and had a, had a snack too before we started this podcast. Um, if I were hungry on an island, maybe my mentality would change. I just think it's the smarter thing to do. I don't think it's become a problem on Survivor where people are constantly throwing these reward challenges. I just think strategically, especially at the final five, where you're you're taking one person and you're leaving three people who are now the majority of the people at the game to sit at home and be jealous of you, I don't think it's great to be one of the people on the reward. Well, you 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 you, you had many of the same problems with um with the circle. It's not great to be an influencer, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, did did, uh, did did you two find it? How did how did you find being influencers on your on your version of the circle? By the way. Um, I think it, it worked well for people. Well, so I think the people, a, a couple of the people who were influencers early on, whether they were influencers multiple times, they started to be seen as threats, and some of them did get blocked. However, it's sort of a double-edged sword where that's the danger. But the advantage of being an influencer is that the people that you leave in the game are all there because you didn't block them. So it could also help you build an alliance. And I, I do think that some of the people who were able to get to the end did have history as influencers. So I think it helped some people, but hurt other people. Yeah. Part of the larger question, I guess, with all of these games about you you want, you want don't want to be seen as a threat, but you do want to be seen as being competent. Yeah, because you don't want to go to the end and lose. Which, so it's, it's sort of kind of maintaining a balance, as you just said. But, 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 but often I think the people who are most successful in reality TV shows are those who get almost to the end and, and don't get to the end. Those are the people who end up with a career. People who, mm-hmm. who end up among the finalists, I, 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 I think, um, I can't think of very many people uh, from that group who have, um, who, who, who have gone forward to do anything else. Yeah, I mean, if you... There's a rich, and again, I know that you haven't seen a lot of Survivor, so I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a rich history in Survivor of contestants who were great players who have come in third place, fourth place. And the reason they go out at this point is that if they, you know, they get to the end, everyone realizes, how did we let this person get this far in the game? And then they lose an immunity challenge. 
everyone says we can't beat this person. So they get rid of them. It doesn't mean that they weren't a great player. It just means that they were, you know, one round short or two rounds short of getting to that point. But a lot of these players, if they had won the last immunity challenge, would have got to the end and they would have probably swept the jury. So I, I do think that um, that I, I, I think that is a very good point where a lot of these players who are strategic, interesting, yep. charismatic, get very far, but don't necessarily make it to the promised land. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the bar is fake. So the bar is fake. That's what I thought. But, uh, by the way, if, um, if, 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 we, if we were to meet in a bar, uh, my, my, mine is a, is, is a double malt whiskey. So, or a single malt, a, sing, a single malt with a double, a double helping. No ice. No ice. I was about yeah. to ask ice or no ice. No, please, no ice. We don't want to, you know. I agree. Well, if it's a good, if it's a good whiskey, then... the better. You know, yeah. if you can find something which you can't pronounce, that's for me. Um, well, I mean, you could, but you could speak a bit of Welsh. So if you can pronounce words in Welsh, you can pronounce anything. <laughs> what 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 is what is your favorite drink, Karen? You wouldn't be a Budweiser person, would you? Me? Yes. I'm not really a big fan of beer. Um, I mean, when I was younger, I really didn't drink it at all. Like in college, I was quite boring at parties because that they tend to just have a keg of cheap beer, and I had very yeah. little interest in that. Yeah. Um, I hate beer, really. I find it so it's so sort of unattractive. It's got a nasty smell. It smells it smells like vomit before you even drunk it. Yeah, well, many Americans are not big fans of Bud. I'm saying, so what, what do I have? What, what, when I it's goes I on the boat, it's really like foul. Um, if, you have a, if you have a beard, you tend to dribble. That's the other problem. Yeah, you get the, the the beer must the beer mustache. I I am I am a big uh, a big fan of beer. I'm not a Budweiser or Bud Bud Light person. I'm not a big fan of light beers. If I'm going to have a beer, I'd rather have a small small brewery, either an IPA or a darker beer um, or a pale ale. Um, I, I I am a big fan of actually going to breweries and seeing um you know going in the back and going on the tour and seeing their brew process and and bringing cans back to my house. Um, yeah. See, I, I enjoy the same thing with wine. I'm a big fan Mar of wine. And a good bottle of wine. I, I like obscure wine, I must say. Um, a, a really, really obscure wine. And I find it rather... I like, I, I like homemade wine. Have you ever oh, made wine? Oh, yeah. Homemade, homemade racky is wonderful. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I remember being in a car with somebody who was drinking homemade racky. Unfortunately, he was driving. And we were, <laughs> on, we were, on, a, we were on a cliff edge. And I thought we were going to go over. I, I really did. We, we could see clouds, and I thought we were going to be in them. Um, but, um, <laughs> and at one point, when we had both his hands off the wheel of the car, we were moving, and he had, and he was making this this um this, this homemade racky from the bottle using both hands. I thought he's got to put his hands back on the steering wheel, or we'll be dead. Yeah, I don't think I would have uh, handled that particularly well. <laughs> I don't think he did either. But there we are. He got the he obviously he was obviously very experienced. Um, I love margaritas. I love margaritas too. 
He turned back yeah. once or twice while we were on this cliff road to offer me the bottle. I thought, you know, uh, hands on the wheel and look, please look. I would have taken the bottle from him just so that he would stop drinking and put his hands on the wheel. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just I'd like to keep it. You know, just keep driving. <laughs> Can we get to the mud? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's go back to the mud. What did you want yeah. to talk about with the mud? Apparently well, there I, were two apparently, by the way, there were two mud mud volcanoes um oh. on the island. Uh, but we talked about that there was that one area of the island that everybody was trying to avoid. So apparently the better vo volcano was there, but there was another one kind of right in the middle of the island. It, it, and that it couldn't have been dangerous at all, could it? I don't know what, I mean, the, why were you thinking it could be dangerous? Well, because it's a volcano. Volcanoes are dangerous, aren't they? Is it an active, is it an active volcano? I don't, they didn't really make it clear in the episode. I, I'm assuming if it were dangerous, they wouldn't have done the challenge there. There, there, there was some activity in the sense that apparently, so there was methane, you couldn't really smell it or feel it. But they said that if you would strike a match, and you can but, get but if you struck a match, there would there would be a flash fire hmm. for a, you know a, a fraction of a second, and then it would it would burn off. Really? Yes. Tim's got his hand over his face. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Yeah. For yeah. Uh, for all you uh, big big Survivor fans, it's good that uh, Butch Lockley didn't play in uh, Borneo then. <laughs> Tim, you won't you won't get that one until you get to season six. But was was, was he igniting? He he, he may have he igniting. may have been responsible for for uh, his camp uh, catching on fire. Oh my god! And was this a self ignition? It it was uh, it was neglect of leaving a, a bunch of firewood around the shelter where a fire was uh, was burning. <laughs> oh right, okay. Okay, I, I, I just thought this was sort of rugby, rugby type humor. Um, yeah. but, um, okay. <laughs> no, this but, was a real thank, thing that happened. <laughs> thank, thank, thank God. But anyway, look, the, the, the whole of this, the whole of this mud thing, I, I, I found it almost impossible to watch without thinking of. I, and I have to tell you this because I have to share this as a thing with you um, because it's sort of one, one of the dark secrets of my life. Um, I, 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 sp I spent the entire mud bath thing thinking of the film by um, Tinto Brass, I think, called Caligula. Have you seen it? I, I'm, 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 am I talking only on my own here? It, it's, it's a film called Caligula. It had Malcolm McDowell playing Caligula, and John Gielgud was offered the part of Tiberius and said, oh, well, I think it's all rather pornographic, and took the part of Nerva and died quite early on in the show. Um, and um, and the, the director was an Italian director called Bob Guccione, Mm -hmm. And he, he he broke into the studio late at night and refilmed sort of insert sections with with, with girls from a from, from a magazine called Penthouse. I was going to um, ask you if it's Bob Guccione, but it sounds like it is. Yeah, it's, and it was all it was all rather naughty. <laughs> now the original script was written by a man called uh, was written by your man called Gore Vidal, and apparently it was rather good, if a little bit risque. Um, and he was so embarrassed by the film when it eventually emerged that he, he demanded his name was taken off it. But, but originally it was Gore Vidal's um, Caligula. I think if you make a movie about Caligula, it's not going to be uh, particularly safe for work. But it looked beautiful. I mean, it had wonderful sets. I mean, the man who made the sets was the man who, 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 who did all, all the set design for Pasolini. So it had that sort of beauty about it all. Um, and, and then I think he turns up and does the sets for um, for Terry Gilliam's film um, Munchausen. So, so it had that sort of quality of. I mean, there was a wonderful scene 
where, where, where Caligula and his family were sitting, were, were, were sitting in a circus, and the whole, the, the whole wall of, of the circus came forward and it had these sort of shears on it, and they were chopping off people's heads, who, and they were buried in the sand in front of it. It was very exciting. Um, you know, you just have to be there. Uh, <laughs> not for long, obviously. Um, but but, but I, 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 just thought, I just thought the whole of this thing has an element of sort of... Um, it was. It bordered on just, just. Uh, it, it bordered on pornographic. I mean, uh, I don't think the music in the background helped either. Where I, I don't think it did. That. <laughs> um, it's and, the weirdest uh, music I have. I wrote this down in my notes. The weirdest music I've ever heard on Survivor. I've never heard this played any time else. I don't remember this. I mean, I remember the challenge, but I don't remember this music being played in the middle of the episode when I was watching it, but I guess it was. Um, mm-hmm. And it really, uh, yeah, I, I think I see where you're and coming I, from, Jen. And when they were walking back afterwards along the beach, I just thought, you know, I just don't want to look at them. The image was just a little bit too figure-hugging. In all cases, and um, and 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 I don't. Who devised this game? People do this all the time. They pay People pay a lot of money to to bathe in therapeutic mud baths, right? So it's well, just the only part of it. You have to kind of carry your, use your body to carry the mud. Is that what you're reacting to, or the whole mud bath? I think, I think the whole thing. If you pay a lot of money. To do that, that's fine, but you do it in private. And if you want to do it in public, um, you, 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 you pay for one of those films. Um, and I, I just I just, I just found it embarrassing. People, people do it in public all the time, because certainly in Israel. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been called, down to this day. They're, and they're called exhibitionists. Yeah, and they, um, they, 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 wrap you, they, they cover you in mud. And then you walk, you know, you walk across, you know, this path to a certain place. And then yeah, you go off. You know, Karen, I didn't do the mud I, when I, I went to the Dead Sea. Now, I'm, I don't. I did the Dead. I went in the Dead Sea, but I was not. I was not uh, in favor of being covered in mud. It's not not my thing. Jordan, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, and, and and me too. I mean, I, I anyway. We have beards. It's very very complicated when you get the beard covered in mud. It's so it it, it just, just looks faintly sort of um, disturbing. Um, it looks like we've been eating in a strange restaurant. Um, but I just it, it, it's no, not. Not restroom, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm with Jordan here, and that I was fine with this until the music started. <laughs> I, I and I also listened to these like, slapping sounds, right, which I think <laughs> yes, is probably what you're reacting to yeah. it being slightly pornographic. And I definitely heard the word yes. There was like a, a, a like a woman's voice. Like there, survivor music never has has. Well, usually, when it's words like the ancient voices, the intro music does have yeah. singing. Um, but besides that, usually the music that's played during the episode, there's a lot of chanting, but there's not too much like verbal singing. This was a woman yeah. almost moaning. It was yeah. a, it was a very very yeah. weird challenge. And Karen, as a big Survivor fan yourself, did you realize that Jeff Probe? So every other challenge like ever on the show. Survivor sa- or Jeff Probe says, Survivor's ready, go. On this challenge, Jeff Probe started by saying, Survivor's ready, get muddy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the other, I thought, what I thought you were gonna, were gonna react to was the fact that, so after when Kelly won, she then goes and gives Probe. Now again, Jordan, Tim doesn't really fully appreciate this, but modern Probst doesn't Never hug talk. anybody even if they're clean, it was actually a big deal in this most recent season 
that a bunch of people went, went so what they did in that season the family visit everybody's family came even if they had been voted out and so after that happened the next time they went to tribal council so this was those are the people on the jury as it was finished they all ran and jumped on probes and and hugged him to thank him for allowing them to see their families but like I said, it was kind of a big deal the point is that the man is not a hugger no um, with the exception of those who i'm not aware have there been other well, I guess there have been there well, have been a few. Da- Dawson on Survivor Philippines did give him a kiss when he when she, when she was voted out uh, before before she walked down the path. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of instances. I mean, there are instances where you know Jeff Probst did famously give Brandon Hance a a, a back massage, uh, and there have been instances where you've seen contestants like put their arm around Jeff or he does it to them. But uh, I I can't imagine 2020 Jeff Pro- Jeff Probst letting a muddy Survivor contestant after a challenge hug him while he's wearing one of his uh, his famous collared shirts. Yeah. <laughs> what what had he done before Survivor? He did uh, Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what else. Really. <laughs> yeah, no, you can see actually. At least I'm hoping it's still on YouTube. But there was his uh, his audition reel was up hmm. on YouTube for a long time. Where you could see like when he was kind of marketing himself to be the host of Survivor or other things like that. Right? There's a whole. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. Really. Um, and what did they show him? Have you seen this, Jordan? Have you seen this tape? It sounds familiar. I, f- I feel like if I did see it, it was a long time ago. I do yeah. remember seeing footage of him from before Survivor. I don't remember if it was his reel or if it was uh, his audition, but it was definitely footage of him before he ever got the, uh, the Survivor hosting gig. And, and there's really not much that you would remember from it. It's just a very uh, common kind of and thing. Have you done anything else? Other than Survivor. Uh, I'm, I'm looking uh, well, at his, his Wikipedia page. He, he, did, he did a talk show mm-hmm. uh, right around the middle of Survivor's run. Where was this? Around the late teens or so. They had the, the Jeff Probes talk show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Right. Uh, the Jeff Probe show that I think survived less than a season. So, yeah, you know, it was not. People, people were worried. Season. You get canceled. Yeah, so people were very worried when Jeff Probst started this. Uh, oh, am I frozen? Am I frozen? No, I'm not frozen. No, 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 no. Uh, I thought I was. So Je- Jeff Probst. Uh, a lot of people were very worried during this time when the when the Jeff Probst show came out because it was sort of uh, during a stretch of Survivor seasons that weren't very good. Jeff seemed a little bit less interested in Survivor than he used to be, and now he had this new show. So a lot of Survivor fans were concerned. Is, is Jeff Probst going to leave Survivor? And if he leaves, is there is the Survivor even continue? But then the Jeff Probst show got canceled. They had, um, you know, they had a, a, a much better run after that. Of you know, they they improved a lot of the casting and they did a better job. But the show, they just I think got lucky and got um, some some better seasons. And the shows, you know, lived on since. And uh, you know, until this fall when there's not going to be a season due to COVID, um, there's there's been a show every season. But yeah, the uh, the Jeff Probst show. I remember di- I I did watch an episode. I'm trying to remember what survivor he had on there. I think it may have been, he had a survivor contestant. I don't remember if it was like Colby or Boston Rob, it was somebody. And I don't remember who it was, but I remember watching and I'm like, this isn't Jeff's thing. Like this isn't a great show. It's not very interesting. And I'm not a big talk show person, but I just remember it feeling a little bit awkward and like Jeff Probst, 
with all his his various faults on Survivor, he does things that, that that I think aren't necessarily always the best decisions. But he does seem in his element when he's hosting the show, and this was not the case when he was hosting his talk show. Right. Yeah. And at this point, he's so much the face of the franchise that occasionally the topic does come up. You know, if probes were to want to leave, um, you know, who could they bring in as a replacement? And there have been these discussions, but I do feel at this point, especially even back then, it was hard to imagine the show without Probst. But especially now, I'm, I'm not saying that they wouldn't try, but it would just feel different. I mean, what do you think, Jordan? You, you watch international seasons of Survivor. Like how I've, I've seen, Survivor? yeah, I've seen, I've seen, um, uh, I've seen a season of uh, Australian Survivor. I've seen a uh, South African Survivor. Uh, and I, I do think I, I am actually a fan of both of those hosts, but it is weird seeing somebody else run run the show. Uh, and I do think that Jeff's just been doing it longer and it seems more natural. But I do think the other guys do a good job. Like, uh, Jonathan Lapaglia is the Survivor Australian host and the uh, South African host is uh, Nico. Some, I don't know Nico's last name, but I think they do both do a, a nice job and they're clearly into the show. But I think especially with Jonathan uh, LaPaglia, especially down to the way that he dresses, it's almost yeah. like he watched Jeff Probst and he's yeah. trying to recreate it, which I, I think is, is fine because Jeff has, has been doing the job so long where he's uh, where I think Nico is, is more um, is, is sort of putting his own spin on it more than LaPaglia does. And I think, so that, Paglia, and, and I think right, in the first season, he was very much just being a Probst clone. And yeah. I do think he's kind of trying to find a footing, you know, he's not exactly like Probst. But it wasn't even a criticism. I just think. These days, I think that, you know, International Survivor generally is much better than Modern American Survivor. And they're both wonderful hosts. But it is something that it took me quite a while to get over about having somebody else, especially, like you said, wearing the same uniform and saying the same words, right, haltingly, but it's not Probst. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I also have watched a lot of uh, fan-made versions of Survivors, uh, Survivor and, and uh, Austin Trupp, who, who hosts Survivor Maryland, he does a great job. And uh, my friend George, who hosts uh, Survivor Brooklyn South, does a great job. So I have seen other people do the job. But that's but seeing a different host in a like professionally made uh, TV product is 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 kind of kind of weird and jarring at first. But you but you get used to it. And again, they're they're both very invested in their job, and and they I think they do a good job hosting the show. And at this point, I think it's actually it was probably a good thing for Survivor that once probes to realize that, OK, you know, I've got a great career here, um, but this, you know, but, but expanding is not seem to be working. He seems to have come down and kind of redoubled his commitment to the show. And that's why he's lasted for another 20 plus seasons. But again, I'm not saying that the, that the show would end uh, if probes were to leave, but, there would, but it would be a serious discussion. And I oh, think they would have to be very careful sure. about who they would bring in. I, I completely agree. I mean, in uh, Mark Burnett wrote a book actually as Survivor Borneo was airing. I read this book a long time ago, and he refers to Jeff Probst as the chief. Where Jeff Probst mm -hmm. is, you know, he he's taken on a much different, a much different, and a much more visible role in is the last. Ten years of the show, where he's now the executive producer, and he's also a lot more present on screen, and he almost inserts himself into the game more than he used to. But it used to be where, or Mark Burnett would describe him as sort of like the the person who, when he's there, he commands authority. He's uh, kind of driving uh, the 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 action, but he's not really a character. Now I almost think he's like a character on the show, which would also be a big difference if he were not there anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. 
Um, yeah, and the Mark Burnett book is also one of the places that I got some of these details about yeah. this. You know, I think that's where I learned bar. about the bar. Yeah, I think that's yeah, where I learned about it as well. Burnett is actually kind of waxing rhapsodic about this, about the importance of bars. And he's talking about the bar, the cantina, and Star Wars, and, he's mm-hmm. and Top Gun, and Casablanca. You know, there's a few very florid paragraphs about, you know, you all, you know just one can see, you know, in a, what, what a bar can show you about, you know, a situation or a culture or whatever. So I guess, you know, once this, that's why it was, it was interesting to me that this was so very last minute because it does seem that once he decided to do it, Mark, you know, Burnett seems to have just kind of then doubled down on this idea of, Oh, you know, we must have a survivor bar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't believe everything that Mark Burnett writes in that book, but I do think that there's probably some truth in it because there's no reason to make up that story. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly. Um, okay. So Kelly gets her hug. She's gets her beer. She's going to go, um, back to the, the bar. We already talked about the bar. Anything else we want to discuss just about the bar? Or Oh, she does get to see the first five minutes of the of the, the episode. She gets to see the marooning. So that was fun. I don't see the point of that at all. <laughs> I, don't either, I don't either. I mean, I, I, I guess it's like, it's it's sort of the show promoting itself, I guess. Um, it's fun. It's fun, yeah, to no, it's fun for, I, I, think, I think for Kelly, it was fun for Kelly. I just, as a viewer of the show, if I'm watching this in real time, I had just seen this scene like, 10 yep. weeks ago so like or 11 weeks ago it it was it was an interesting choice i think it would have been far more interesting as as tim was saying before if she got to interact with somebody who else who was in the game instead of jeff at a bar watching a show now seeing kelly and another contestant drinking at a bar in a new setting that could have been i think a lot more interesting yes that that could have been cool because then they could play off of each other but but, but she can't play off jeff she can't play off any of the other people in the bar because she can't talk to them Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's a bit, it's a bit dull, actually. Yeah, just don't see anything like this ever again. But, but do you think past the bar might have been interesting? Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is also, I mean, it, it is season one. It is, you know, like I was saying with that game that I played yesterday with my friends that I created. Like it's a, it's a learning experience. You make mistakes and you and you try to improve on them. And I think what the show has done lately is that they view things that they perceive as mistakes, which I think are actually things that the show was doing very well. And they've sort of overcorrected a lot of their problems and gone in the direction of doing too much. Um, Back then they, you know, season two, season three, season four sort of built on each other and they learned from some of the things that they did in season one and I think improved on them. Uh, But that's definitely an area where it it would have been more interesting, not only for the fact that she would have been able to interact with another player when she was there, you have the three people left at camp who are now bitter. And I think that creates drama. I, I think I would have made them even more bitter. I would have, I, I, I would have said, Kelly, you may choose one, one member of the, um, one member of the camp. And she, then I would take all the others to the bar with her and leave that one member behind. Um, They've done similar things to that as well. Actually, they play around with, uh, with, you know, they, they don't necessarily always tell people what the ramifications of their actions when they're picking somebody. Yes. So that, that uh, if you want to watch survivor Caramo and the family visit, I think you should, you, you might get a kick out of that. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, these are these are horrible games. Uh, there's some games that are played in schools really, you know, um, but, uh, but, but they are horrible games. And I think they're all really about, uh, about different aspects of the abuse of power. Um, but I think those are interesting things to see on the television. Um, so, 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 you, so you get an opportunity to say, oh, that's really unfair. And then you think, okay, I'm not going to do that in real life. 
and I think that I think that's a good that's a good lesson actually. Um, but I would like to see that sort of thing. I think I, I think that's good. I think the I think the area. I think, I think if you've got the protection to look after these people who are in the game, I think there's an opportunity to to, to, to have a little bit of savagery. Um, I think um, I, I think where production comes into its own is after the game is finished, after the show is finished, then they have to look after these people. Right. Well. Mm-hmm. Right, but, uh, but it's not that they have it done mm-hmm. in the previous episode, right, where they let Sean pick somebody to come for breakfast. So it's not like, oh, we're looking back at this with 20 years of hindsight and it just never occurred to them in terms of like kind of drama this could bring. They already knew it, right? And like you said, it would have been a much more effective episode. I, I agree with you if they had done that. Uh, but I guess if they had, you know, three hours to make a bar, you know, they, they weren't. And they were exhausted. Old. And they thought, oh, we've, we've, we've had our drama. No, that's called set building, darling. Um, right. Our drama is what we put on, is, is what we put on the... Uh, on, on the television and they shouldn't be lazy. Um, <laughs> drama is all about the reaction between two different people. Um, right. And it requires a lot of work. And you, you know, every single time you salute the people who are behind the scenes making these things work um, because they are taking, they are taking our ordinary life and right. turning it into a situation where you have a beginning, middle and end of every moment really. And that isn't ordinary life. And so when you come off the shows, um, you can understand why, why 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 people feel sort of stranded and lost, because they've lost that structure to their life. That for a month or however long they're on the show, they think they actually have structure in their life. No, that structure is imposed by the wonderful people who are producing them. Um, and then it and then it goes because you go back to you go back to what is reality, which is chaotic, unstructured, not produced. Right. Um, and, and and I think some people find that very difficult to adjust to. Yeah, no, it's I, I can't even imagine. And I've heard you know, from different people on different shows. And, and at least with the only thing I'd say with, with the circle is that it was a relatively short period of time. So I'm sure it was still difficult, but you were there for what, three or three and a half weeks. I'm not sure how the people in Big Brother do it. Right? Oh, I because think they're I, I, Big is astonishing. Uh, you know. Yeah. Because, it, because in Big Brother, people are, it, 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 it's operatic. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've given up months of their life, or two months of their life or so. Um, to be part, I, I know, I've, I've got a friend from one of the Big Brother shows, uh, mm-hmm. and we have talked a little bit about this sort of thing, and I'd like to talk further about it. Oh, um, yeah, no, definitely discuss think, Big Brother. I think, I, and you're about, to, you're about to start looking at it in detail, and I think it's, um, I, 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 I think it's fascinating. My, pro- my problem, Really, from Big Brother point of view, is I haven't seen any of the shows, so I so I start at a disadvantage. I've seen some of the photographs of the stage sets, and I think, my God, all these bright colours. But that's designed to disorientate the. Um, is it disorientate or disorient? It's designed to disorient the um, the, uh, um, the the contestants with these sort of bright. It's like, it, 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 it's, it's like doing World War One. Uh, what is it? Naval camouflage. I will say, Tim, that, that's actually one of the things that has turned me off to Big Brother is is the just the aesthetic of the uh, 
of the show. I, I love on Survivor, even though like I, I care very little about the actual Survivor element. And I think the show has gotten away from uh, really making that a big point. Um, however, I think it is cool watching these people on a beach. It looks natural. Uh, it's it's interesting. Back in the day, they used to go from, they, they used to go to different islands. They went to a couple places in Africa and the Australian outback. And it always had a great setting. I think Big Brother, they're inside this, this neon house. And when oh. I'm watching it, especially since it's on three times a week, it's it's sort of turned me off to watch to, to watching the show, but I do think awesome. the Big Brother game. I think the game is incredibly interesting. The yeah. the rules of the game. It's probably good that you haven't seen the house tour for this house because I've seen the Twitter video. Biggest <laughs> one they've ever done, and it's not close. It it's, I would not want to be in, inside. I, 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 I would not I, be able to sleep in most of those bedrooms. Yeah, I I I I I must say before I got onto before I got into my apartment in the, in, in in the circle, I, I I did it did go through my mind. What are they going to invent for me? Am I going to walk in and find myself in a library? Um, <laughs> I walk I walked in and I found myself in a sort of in a sort of perversion of a um of a uh, uh, of a shopping mall, and um, with with a slightly muted version of the Big Brother. Um, design ethos, mm-hmm. uh, and they'd said to me, "Oh, you can take in some of your own pictures." Right. Uh, so I took two or three of the pictures off the walls here, and I took them in, but they never let me put them up. Um, and there was always a debate about how put things up, and I really do appreciate that. But it gets mm-hmm. to, it, it gets to, it's another way to get to know someone, right? Obviously, yes, when you get to see they, they home, let me put in a few things of my own, um, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated actually, but. But but um, the, the 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 pictures on the wall they were all very they were slightly psychedelic and um, you know that that is partly to disarm the the player it's to you know it's it, 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 it's working on a there are so many things working on you to to um, I will send you the link for this uh, this this latest uh, Big Brother house I well, I look forward to that because because see once once you feel. Once you feel um, that, that that element of discomfort, mm-hmm. you're likely to be sort of a little bit garrulous and a little bit sort of loose with your with your with, with your manners and stuff because you're out of your comfort. You're not in a comfort in a comfortable place. Right. And um, and, and I, I, I think when it comes to survival, you don't need to, you don't need to work that hard um, to, um, to 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 um, to to make the contestants feel uncomfortable because they are mm-hmm. um, right. and you don't need to work that hard with what's in the fridge because there's nothing in the fridge um, so those things which were in um, where in survivor you where in big brother you have to work very hard to to make the contest to put the contestants uh, sort of slightly ill at ease so that they are going to respond to each other mm-hmm. um, you're already in that position with survivor so you've already got that start now, what I what, what I'd like to do at some point is go back and just just double check what the mood is like in that first episode and what the mood is like in the in in, in our current episode. Um, but what I feel is 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 it's just they're just exhausted. Um, and well, they are, and we saw this this episode, especially in the beginning. They're just dragging, and it is it is always it's a problem because you know they are malnourished. They're not sleeping much. Um, you know they get on each other's nerves. But that is the one thing with the the whole mud volcano thing, is that it does seem to be they want to give them alcohol. But, but so again, if I were a producer, I'd give them all alcohol or sugar 
Get somebody to get their spirits up so they're good on camera. Oh, and they, they do. The thing with the alcohol is that in American Big Brother, they used to really uh, allow it quite freely. And then there was a situation where one contestant ended up holding a knife to another contestant's throat, kind of jokingly. You know, they were both quite drunk. It was a man and a woman. And she said, you know, and he said, would you mind if I killed you? And she's giggling. Uh, and after that, they decided that maybe these people need less alcohol. Um, yeah, so it's not attractive watching people being drunk. But I do um, think in terms of, of the food challenges, um, one of the reasons that they do do that is to keep people's spirits up and, yes. you know, and, and again, and just feed them because there's nothing like, there's nothing more boring than a survivor cast who's just living on 200 calories a day of rice because after a few weeks of that, all you want to do is lie around and that's no way to make a TV show. Yeah. And it also creates a situation where some people are getting food and some people are not. And that's something that can create harsh feelings from one player to another, which I think, which is also very interesting for the, and not, uh, and, the game and dynamics. Not the tension that you get on, on the, uh, on, on the camera. Um, so you have to be well prepared to pick up that tension. Certainly, if you if you, if you fed somebody a lump of sugar, mm -hmm. you know when to point your camera at them. Right. Oh, I used to mainline sugar. I was a debater in high school and college, and so I remember we would we would quite. It was very common. You would just have a coke or something. But I remember that we had a. I was in I was in uh, Dublin for yeah. the World Debate Championships. And so we sent, you know, this was the later round, so most of the people that we were there were gone. And so we sent them out to get, you know, get us some Coke or something. And the only thing that they were able to find was plain sugar. So I remember they brought us just like the whole, like a little bowl of sugar packets. I guess they must have had a coffee bar or something. And we were just in our 10 minutes, we have 10 minutes to prepare for the round. And so during those 10 minutes, we're discussing what we're gonna say and everything while we are pouring sugar down our throats. <laughs> Um, and and you can go too far. That's the thing because you want to be up, right? And you want to be, yeah, up, you don't, but you don't want to be completely. You don't want to be vibrating with caffeine. So it's, but the point is that there, there it definitely makes sense. Uh, it, it affects the way people behave, and especially like you said, if they are starving, right? Even on Big Brother, though, where they're not starving, same thing. They will just you offer people food, and uh, that is something that tends to motivate people. Yep. 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 I I quite agree. I quite agree, but you know. Anyway, um, so, sorry. So, uh, everybody's getting along great, right? Even Kelly and Sue, they kind of patch things up. You know, she says Kelly says it's fine if Sue wants to align with Rich. You know, we'll be civil. It's fine. Oh, I, I, I do hate that expression when somebody says we'll be civil. It generally means that you know that's the last thought in their head. It's like, do you, um, could I be perfectly blunt? Could be perfectly blunt. Do you mind if I do, do? you mind if I? You know, the whole thing is predicated on just sort of grimness. Um, I, you know, I that was the end of an argument. We just didn't see the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. um, anything but being civil, I'm sure. I'm sure it was knives out at dawn if they had the opportunity. Right. Well, but remember, though, on the other hand, they still know that one of these people is going to win a million dollars. And so you don't and, and most of and even the people who are left. Right. Most of them are going to be on the jury. So you they really for somebody like Sue, who says what she thinks, you know, you really don't want to do anything that's going to alienate somebody from you, especially this close to the end. Yeah. But they, they also both know that that Rich is going to be there and they both um, assume that the other person to be there will be Rudy, so they know that it's one of them as the as the third person. Um, they they're fighting for their life. Yeah, and this is also why I say that 
I think strategically the best if they were able to stay on the same page and if they were to bring Sean in, now you have somebody like, I don't think that Sean would really, I mean, it's, it's arguable if he would have had a shot to win because no. yes, he was, he no. was closer. No, I don't think, I don't think he would have, I think it would have been a terrible outcome for the show if Sean had won survivor, but he also was closer with the members of Pagong, but I don't know if he had enough respect to be given a million dollars by them. It's, it's unclear, I think. Um, but I do think that from, from their, from Kelly and Sue's perspective, yes, they have this conversation about being civil, but I, I'm sort of with, with Tim here where this isn't really them patching it up. This is them saying, let's sort of coexist without, you know, pissing each other off or pissing other people off. But it, it was clear that their alliance is over at this point because Sue says it to Kelly, we're not going to the end together. Uh, so it's it's the kind of thing where I, I think this is um, very, like, and again, with that, I don't want to give anything away that happens in the finale, um, and, unless they're able to really, to really patch things up and, and get on, get back on the same page. I can't see this ending well for them. I, I, I would love to know the relationship that Rudy is having with these girls because it seems to be a very close bond, and we're not seeing it on television at all. Yeah, uh, we really see the Rich and Rudy relationship. We see. The, it's Kelly and Sue's relationship. And then we see Rich's relationship with Kelly and then also with Sue. It's, we don't really see a lot uh, of, of Rudy's perspective with the other members of the Alliance, but he's clearly, he's clearly voting with them. Yeah. 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 And they clearly like him and they, they, they say something about this, but I, um, uh, I find, I find Rudy a really difficult character on camera. I like him, mm-hmm. but then he comes out when you don't see very much of Rudy and you don't hear very much of Rudy, you right. know that he's a figure of importance in the background. And the only stuff the producers want to show is him saying, um, well, um, I, 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 uh, my, what is it, my, my, my Atlantic fleet wouldn't be impressed about, um, about the fact that I've got a homosexual for a friend. I mean, he doesn't even get the word right. It's not homosexual, it's homosexual. It's a Greek word, not a Latin word. Um, English it's, it's one of these bastard words, a mixture of Latin and Greek. Um, Greek, Greek beginning, Latin end. Um, dreadful word, really. Yeah, and this is something where, obviously, Rudy was one of the most popular characters on the show. If, What's it? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, Rudy, Rudy was extremely popular, and I think that's part of, I mean, part of the reason for that is that this was, you know, in the year 2000, not the year 2020, where if you, if, okay, so let's say you're trying to, you have Rudy on the show and you want him to be one of your heroes that people are rooting for, you're not even going to air that. And if you do there air that, nobody's going to like Rudy. But I think back in, in the year 2000, unfortunately, that was something that you can say on TV and get away with where you're still going to be one of the most popular contestants. But I think also one, it, the other thing that Rudy was talking about, and Rudy, Rudy spent a lot of times, uh, a, a lot of time on his time on Survivor talking about his friends at home and how, uh, you, know, you know, that, that um, if, if, uh, you know, he makes a deal with somebody that he holds true to that deal. And his, if not his friends, he like vaguely says that his friends are going to go after them. He does this when he's on Survivor All-Stars as well. And I think that is more like, I don't think he's really threatening anybody. I think that's more yeah. the endearing side of Rudy. And I will say like, I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of what Rudy Vash does, but obviously the comments of Tribal Council um, in, in this episode were, you know, it, it's part of a pattern of things that he said about um, uh, about Rich, where clearly they are friends, they have a working relationship. And I'm, I think he, he can't get over his own 
his own prejudice where even though he likes Rich as a person, he still can't get over the fact that he's gay. Yeah. Did, uh, did that friendship continue after the show, by the way? Oh, yeah, as far as I know. From what I, I don't know if they're like, if they, I mean, uh, Rich unfortunately passed away. Um, I'm sorry, Rudy, Rudy, it's not Rich. Rudy passed away. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I mean, I know that they, they, I mean, they were on another season together. They're on Survivor All Stars. Uh, yeah. Together. They weren't on yeah. the same. They weren't on the same tribe, but they were on, on the cast together and they did promotional stuff together where these, a lot of these people from Survivor Borneo became instant celebrities and they, you know, they traveled around. And I've never heard of any, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure from everything I've heard that they were at least pretty friendly um, yeah. after Survivor aired. Um, and I'm sure he was closer with Rich than he was with, uh, you know, some of the other people who he didn't have as much of a working relationship yeah, with. On the show. Exactly. Exactly. So before we get to the tribal council, I, so this I, I, I really don't understand, Karen. You, you've been saying all this time mm-hmm. that Rich is a sort of villain. People I, I, think Rich is a villain. I still haven't seen it. I don't. So I'm going to have a huge revelation in the next two-hour marathon. Again, I, I think for for the year 2000 on a reality TV show and like competition reality show had had really barely just started. I think for for those times, Rich was sort of a villainous character, and it's it's when he, he the the whole thought of a an, of an alliance is villainous, which is crazy to think of now because everyone who goes on a competition reality show where you're voting people off, you make alliances, and it's not thought of villainous because it's how you you're playing a strategic game where it's it's not real life, it's a game. You're trying to get farther in the game, but I think yeah. people didn't have that mentality back then because they hadn't seen it. And then also, Rich talking about how he wants to use the argument between uh, Kelly and Sue to his advantage. I think that's fantastic strategy. I think that's what you should do on a show like this. But back in the year two thousand, when Survivor was new. It was thought of as a villainous act. Yeah, I yeah, mean, the they are, which child, which which was it after Gretchen went home that there was a whole discussion about you know they're lying on national television, right? <laughs> and 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 they weren't wrong. I would say that the if, not, if you would ask people, had, 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 the apprentice, had Mr. Trump not appeared on television by that stage. No, the, uh, the Apprentice was, uh, I believe, two thousand four. I think was the first, maybe five was the first year of The Apprentice. And of course, there wasn't a whiff of him becoming president by that stage. You know, now I think now I think people just assume assume deceit is um is routine. I I that was not assumed. That was not assumed at all. And it was and and that quote that I started the show with. It really is true that I would say, like I said, I would say it's eighty twenty split. And I think I got this from Mario in terms of you know if you asked a random sample of you know survivor viewers in twenty twenty. Which you know, which tribe you were voting for? It was at least eighty percent Pagong. Pagong was very popular. Tagi was not, and it's because they were they were lying on TV and they were backstabbing and you know, and these things that we just take completely for granted now. It was not taken for granted at all back in two thousand. Yeah. And for me, watching, you know, uh, I told you this Survivor Borneo was the third season of Survivor I saw, so I had already seen Australia now back in Africa. Um, I was watching with the, with the lens of someone who knew who had seen the game play out before, so I was a big fan of the Tagi tribe. I liked some of the people individually right. on Pagang. I was a big Greg fan and Jervis and Colleen. Like I was, I was a big fan of them as, as characters, but as players, I was like, what are these people doing? Why are why aren't they aligning with each other? They they clearly, if they they're able to pull Sean in, or if they're able 
able to pull Kelly in who's having issues with their with their previous tribe, they would have the majority. Why are they not doing this? And I'm thinking this as as like an 11 or 12 year old. So like uh, to, to me, seeing these adults play this game where they're they're not where they don't believe in alliances, even though that's clearly how you get further, was crazy to me. So I was more of a fan of Rich and Sue and Rudy and Kelly to an extent. It, uh, you know, I, I don't endorse lying. Um, I, 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 really, I really don't like it. But it's, um, uh, it's a, um, this is a game. And, right. and, um, and I admire people who win, um, really. Um, but, um, and, and I admire people with, with character and stamina. Uh, and, 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 that's, and that's what these people have got. Um, I, don't, I just don't see Rich as a villain. Um, and I haven't seen it at all so far, and I think maybe my moral compass is is skewed. Um, but, but you know, I, I go back to the thing I said at the beginning that um, Woody and I have this long conversation about truth, and I I, I, I agree with him. Uh, and I think there is a way of playing a game like this and being essentially true. Uh, that's not Rich's way. Um, it's and, Rudy. And I think if you're going to do it, you have to have a different. You have to have a different. Um, Strategy and that strategy has to be about inclusivity and reciprocity and stuff. Uh, and, and and you know, uh, Woody, myself, Ella took that view. I think. Um, right, and, but most um, people on most yeah, of the shows. Yeah. Hmm? I say, but most people on these other shows do not. And even in your season, I would argue that you were beaten by people who were playing this way. We were beaten by James. Yeah. Hmm? We were beaten by James. Yep. And I don't hold that against him in the slightest. I, uh, I would never hold anything against James. I just think James is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and to answer, to answer your question, though, about Rich being a villain, I really don't – I don't see him as a villain either. I mean, I, I see him as a strategic cutthroat uh, character – who um, you know? Who was playing this game very hard the whole time and made relationships that he knew he was going to have to backstab down the, down the line. But I don't see him as a villain, even though he is considered like one of the most notorious uh, villains in reality TV show history. I really think he was just a, a guy playing a game, and I think he he and the other people in his alliance were playing it very well. Um, I, I do think that if he played the same exact game, you know, ten years later. He's not looked at as a villain. He's just looked at as a solid survivor player. And you yeah. know, in, in the next season, Survivor, the, uh, the Australian Outback, there's a woman named Jerry who plays, who is also one of the most notorious villains, not only in Survivor but in reality game, uh, reality uh, TV history. When you go back and watch that season, you're like, wait a second, Jerry wasn't a villain. She was. Just, <laughs> she she just got into. Um, you know, there, were, there were certain uh, times where she had. Uh, we got into like either arguments with players who were more popular than she was. Um, but she was really just somebody who was out there playing the game. And uh, she didn't, you know, she didn't hold back in the fact that she, that she was trying to, um, you know, to play a game and, and get farther. Really? And I don't really see her as a villain either yet. When you look at their reputations, you know, they do, a, they do a season later on called survivor heroes versus villains. And of course she's on the villains tribe because she I has. Uh, Rich was not on that season. All right. Right. There is there is another quotation which I've written down here, um, which I found extraordinary. Midwestern values or corporate life. Now I know what corporate life is, but mm -hmm. I did. I'm not sure I know what Midwestern values are. Um, is, is the Midwest the place where is that the heart of America? Is this the sort of 
Basically, yes. I, I would say, well, again, neither of us are in the Midwest, but I would say, right, Midwestern values, right? Honestly, honesty, hard work. What would you say, George? Where, where, where yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the, uh, th- that is the reputation. Like the, the Midwest is like the, the more blue collar, uh, you know, Work, 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 manual labor, but I, I think it's I, I've never I, I mean, I've, again, I, I might have a bias because I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New York City. And I I don't see, you know, I think there's a lot of very uh, hardworking people. There's a lot of blue collar people in, in, in New York. Um, but of course, the reputation is is more like, you know, you'll you'll do anything to get ahead. Uh, and that's like the corporate the corporate life. And of course, there's a lot of corporate life in New York City. There's uh, there's there's, you know, that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that Midwestern ethics are better than or are better are better than uh, city ethics. I think that is the reputation, though, and a lot of you know a lot of survivors' audience are people from the Midwest, so they would probably have that bias, just like I have a more of an East Coast city bias. So, I, so my my question is, which states are in the Midwest? Ohio, Iowa, uh, Illinois, Indiana. Michigan, Wisconsin, Kansas. Yeah. I wish and wish again. I wish I were in Michigan or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, next question is next question is a little bit dangerous. I'm very cautious to say this. Where would I find a redneck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess the South. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and there was some overlap because I would say, like, you know, Kentucky is arguably part of the Midwest, but certainly, like, because Tim met Elaine, so he's he's familiar with the whole redneck idea. I am, I am familiar. So, 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 in other words, in other words, I could conceivably be portraying Midwestern values and be a redneck at the same time. I guess. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an expert on Midwestern values or uh, who's considered a redneck, but uh, the. Um, I think I misspoke though. I don't. Th- I think Kansas is a plain state. I know I included Kansas, but I'm pretty sure that's a plain state, not a midwestern state. But yeah, I think Kentucky is is maybe maybe sort of like towards the south, but also Midwest. I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I've always felt that these are places of myth to me. By the way, Jordan, um, I know I know that your backyard. They're places they're- of myth to me. I, I I've only been. I mean, I've been to Ohio, uh, that's, and, and that's about it. It's why oh why oh why oh why did I ever leave Ohio? Isn't it? Yes. Jim, something that you need to understand also about Americans. Um, generally, you know, people like Jordan and me, people who are kind of, you know, think of ourselves as highly educated, um, yeah. you know, fancy degrees, you know, highbrow literary and musical and I went to a public school. Whatever, right. And they and we distinguish ourselves from what we derivatively derisively call uh, flyover country. <laughs> the places that we need to worry about are, you know, California and, yes. then, you know, and then the Boston, D.C. corridor and the rest of the country is that just the place we fly over when we actually go to Chicago. Chicago is the Midwest. And that's uh, that's a, a big city with a lot of corporations. So but I guess it's the mentality. I think it's more the mentality. But, but again, you find you find different people everywhere. There's there's people in in uh, there's, you know, people who I guess wouldn't be considered hardworking in uh, the Midwest, and there's people that are very hardworking here. So it's just, I'm just, talking, about, I'm just talking about the stereotype. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think, that's, I think that's what it is. It's, but, it's, but, but to have Midwestern values is to be hardworking, isn't it? I think they would say, I think that would be considered a Midwestern. Hardworking and probably milking a cow. Is, is that what we're talking about? Or yes. is it farming? I've never milked a cow. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful sensation. You must put it on your list of things that you're going to do when you come over and visit. Um, oh. Come, 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 
I don't have a cow in the backyard, but I'm sure I can find one. You can, milk a, you can milk a cat. I can milk it. You can't milk a cat. You can you barely milk anything with nipples. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a movie. I didn't. I didn't. I not like cat's teeth, except for the big sort of incisors. Um, but um, <laughs> but they can bite. Can you milk a cat? Yes, I think you could. It's a mammal. You could milk a duckbill platypus, I think, if you wanted to. You just turn it over. I had great difficulty milking goats. I, and have you ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? Yes, I have, but I, no, I can't remember. Is they there a, uh, ben Stiller, they, they, they have this, this, this is a discussion that they have in them. I think you should check out that movie and uh, see if uh, you can, you can milk, milk a cat because they, they discuss it very uh, in depth in that movie. Oh no, really? I, I wouldn't want to milk my cats. I re re really, I'd I want to milk anything. My cat won't even allow me to touch oh, her. Milking a cow is a sort of, is a reciprocal experience. The cow enjoys being milked. You enjoy milking. You lean on one another. And then the cow relaxes, which creates quite a lot of activity at the back end. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, it's just a lovely um, uh, bucolic moment with, with appropriate bucolic smells. Uh, but it is, a, <laughs> it is a lovely moment. Yeah, it's a lovely moment. I recommend it. Jordan, if you haven't done it, this should be on your bucket list, literally. Literally. <laughs> Things to be doing. <laughs> okay. So before, is there anything we want to discuss in from this very – there's a second really trippy challenge in this episode, right? Just what they call the Survivor Witch Project. Oh, now, have I, I have actually never seen the Blair Witch Project. Have either of you ever seen it? I'm not a horror movie, movie person. I don't, oh, but I, I do. I do know that it's the reference to the uh, the Blair Witch Project movie. Right. This is a crazy challenge. It really is. It's so. <laughs> they weird. get them these these camcorders, which are like oh, the size, oh, of, so which are like the size oh. of a briefcase, and they have to run around in the woods and answer these questions based on the story that Jeff Probst told. And there's this whole yeah. like mythos created where all the people who, uh, who got voted out, their torches went out at, at, at tribal council. The best, uh, I think one of my favorite moments, not just in Borneo, in the history of Survivor, is Rudy in this challenge, who clearly <laughs> did not listen to the story, or at least didn't know. remember the story. And just for every question said, I don't know, into the camera. Um, for for the for the about questions to a story he had heard like five minutes earlier. I'm with him. I was right. bored out of my mind by mm -hmm. by, by that. So bored. To what extent was this completely created by Survivor? I'm sure some of it was, and how much of it is from kind of the local lore, which definitely does seem to be a part of it. But I did go back when they talked, you know, they talked about the the, the, the torches going out. Um, I had to go back because, again, this is not the year 2000 and I can easily go on all access and rewatch these episodes. And so I, I went from Gretchen's vote out all the way through. And at least what we saw, the torches were not going out before they were snuffed. Now, what could have happened is that the torches were going out. And so they decided, oh, we have to redo it. Right. And that's what we see. Again, wouldn't be so surprising, wouldn't upset me. But then this whole thing about going back and saying, oh, and by the way, you know, from every tribal council since the merge, right, the, the survivor gods have extinguished the torch right before I could do it. Yeah. I don't know. If this, I mean, look, I have a feeling, you know, you, you see the torches that they use. They use much bigger, sturdier torches now. I bet a lot of the torches probably went out of tribal, especially if it was raining or windy, because they were, they're not very good torches. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the person who got voted out at every tribal council, their, their torch went out at some point. But I don't think that they were the only one. But that, would, that wouldn't serve the story. So there's no reason to talk about that. 
Right. Right. Yes, yeah, so the whole thing was very weird. Like you said, and they're running around with the cameras. Okay, whatever. It is what it is. Kelly wins again. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think they had to get changed into proper clothes for that. What do you mean? Well, they're wearing proper clothes. They weren't, well, they weren't wearing their survivor rags. They were wearing proper clothes, weren't they? Well, they gave them bags. They gave, I guess, bags to carry the masks oh, in yeah. because then you have this 500-pound video camera plus all the masks that you have to bring to Jeff when yeah. you answer the question. So they had, I, I think it was the clothes that they normally wore. Maybe they well, had, changed, exactly you know, they, they had all got muddy, so maybe they were, I, I don't know exactly. I don't remember if they were wearing something different than they normally were, but I think they were. Um, maybe they had washed all their clothes and they just looked because they had done the muddy challenge. So they, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I think that for, I think that I don't think it was a boring TV moment because of how funny Rudy was in particular. Right. But I do think that Rudy was bored out of his mind during Jeff's story. And he probably figured right. he didn't, even though he should have been voted out there, like, uh, I think he probably figured, yeah, these, you know, I made a promise to these people. They made a promise to me. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I don't even need to win this. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid, Jordan, I completely disagree with you. I think it was, I, I, I think it was the most boring moment in, in, um, in Survivor that I have seen so far. If, if, if Survivor was a chain of, of sequences mm-hmm. like that, I would have switched off long ago. <laughs> I mean, look, the challenges aren't my favorite part of the show in general. I just think purely Rudy. I'm not talking about anyone else, just Rudy. And this is a legendary moment, by the way, where Survivor fans talk about it to this day. People love the Rudy, I don't know. And it's, it happens three times. And I think it's because the rest of the challenge is so dumb that the fact that he's he's sort of like apathetic to it, 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 it the, I think people watching relate to, to Rudy in that moment. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, he's not even trying. I mean, you must have, he must have heard bits and pieces of this, but he just, his immediate reaction to everything is, I don't know. Yeah. 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 But I, I would have added, I don't care. But again, but that's I, what people I, love I, about Rudy. Rudy. Rudy is not willing, able, or I would argue willing to fake interest in something that he has no actual interest in. No. Rudy is always Rudy. Sue is always Sue. Rich is able to sort of be a chameleon depending on who he's talking to. Yeah, well, I, I'm afraid I'm with I'm with Rudy on this case. I, I I really can't fake this one. I was bored out of my mind to such an extent that I've actually erased the experience of that of those five minutes from my mind. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, and and I'm amazed I've even done that because normally when I'm bored, I I I, I sort of well, no, maybe I went to sleep. <laughs> you know, Did you drift off in the middle? You wouldn't I'm afraid. The, oh, God, gosh, 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 gosh. The other day I finally saw Frozen 2. I'd been to the cinema to see it, and I must have slept throughout the entire film. And I, and I, I was then so impressed by it, I watched Frozen 1, and that was a revelation to me as well. You know, I've I, never I, seen Frozen 2. It's worth, it's it's worth watching. It's, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. Um, in, in fact, I'm watching so many films during, during lockdown, generally while I'm working. I find mm-hmm. time for me to watch a film is early in the morning when the cinemas, unfortunately, tend not to open. So cinemas have got it wrong for me. Maybe right. when you get past a certain age, really what you should be doing is going to morning cinema. Right. Well, certainly people go to dinner. You know, I've got family members who will go to dinner at, you know, 4 p.m. That sounds so, fun. That's lunch to me still. If, I, if it's yeah. 4 a.m. and I'm eating, it's lunch. <laughs> Jordan, 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 you get to a certain age, you pile food down your throat, and the next moment you're you're you're, you're snoozing on the sofa, um, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in sort of where you are, really. Uh, you know, if you go to the cinema, you have some popcorn. Um, you're away. And it doesn't seem to matter how how wonderful the film may be. 
and, and by the way, natural in the circle for me, frankly. I will say for Frozen, I, I also watched Frozen for the first time during quarantine. I, I ended up getting Disney Plus. I call it Hamilton Plus because I got yeah. it for Hamilton, but it happens to have other things on it as well. So I watched well, Frozen, and I've, I've always been a big fan of like the Disney animated movies. I was yeah. not impressed by Frozen. I think the music, I think a couple of the songs, like Let It Go, I think is a very good song. I see why it's so popular. But I, I didn't like the characters so much. I didn't love the plot. I think, I, I mean, a lot of times Disney movies, you're not really watching for the plot. You're watching because of the characters are endearing and yep. the music's good. But I was not a fan of Frozen. I, I, I saw The Princess and the Frog also, which I thought was great. I um, like The Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Wonderful. But, but, but I'm, 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 I'm afraid, you know, we, we're going to have, a, have to have a much longer conversation about this. You're making a distinction between 2D animation, which is always wonderful, and mm -hmm. 3D stuff, which looks as if you're watching Barbie on speed. True. It's, <laughs> it's dull. Um, you know, I had I, I had more fun with with, with, with with dolls when I was sort of four or five. I had a wonderful doll of Mary Poppins, which I could sort of put on, put on a wire and I could make her fly out of the window. My father shot her a few times, actually. Um, I don't think he was shooting the doll. I think he was literally shooting Mary Poppins as she was, oh, there she is, bang! Um, uh, and then I cried. Uh, and, and then he, he still managed to do it a second time. I don't know how I don't know how he managed to do it a second time, but she, I do remember she was. My father got out his sort of uh, his, his purdy or something and, and and shot her twice. Bang! It's quite violent, really, isn't it? Oh, you're shocked. I'm so sorry. Please don't be shocked. My father was a strange man. <laughs> you, see, you, see, you, you see a flying I'm woman in, in, in a walking costume. So, hmm? I'm pretty hard to shock. Oh, good. I'm so I'm so relieved. And so, yeah, but Jordan is looking as if he's gonna, as if he's gonna fall out of the window now. And into... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving the tangents. Oh my god! Oh my god! My mouth is open. I'm just looking. It, can this? We've, we've uh, covered this... a lot of topics here on this podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We can only hear people talk about the episode. Uh, they would have left a long time ago. Oh, this yeah, is kind of Tim. Tim, you know. The thing with with Tim's brain that's so amazing is that everything reminds him of something else, mm -hmm. which I which I love. I mean, normally I go on a Survivor podcast and like I've, I when the Survivor season airs, I'm on a Survivor podcast every week and we talk. I mean, we we get silly like that. We do we do a quiz and we talk about Survivor social media and a lot of silly things come up, but they're usually Survivor centric. I I like this. Like I, I'm not used to talking about. Uh, <laughs> other topics besides Survivor, so this is kind of a nice experience. For me. I'm in 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 30 minutes, I'm going to be on my uh, Puya Zanfakili, who's another RHAP podcaster. I'm going to be on his stream, and we're going to be talking about bagels. Oh my God. <laughs> I love bagels. Yeah, I we're going to be it. ranking. We're going to be ranking types of bagels uh, on on Puya's stream. But I, but, but I, I, I the best bagel ever. Sorry, the what was that? Is, is a warm bagel. Um, with, with with strong cheddar cheese inside, mm -hmm. I, I, wonderful. I I remember when I when I, when I was teaching in um uh, in in London in a place called Stamford Hill, I, I I used to drop off for a warm bagel with, with cheddar cheese, and it was just blissful. Oh yeah, this will be interesting. So we've got a New York a New Yorker on one hand, and then a guy who's where originally from I think Iran, right? Via Canada, and he was a bagel baker for a while, right? Really. He did, yeah, yeah. I think he did work at a bagel place. It was either a bagel place or a bakery. Uh, that does sound familiar. But, 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 but I remember that this 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 little bakery that I that I used to go to. It sold two types of bagel. It sold it sold bagel which was essentially bread and bagel which could qualify not being bread, so you didn't have to do these long blessings. 
Are you familiar? And, and the bagel, which was not quite bread, was mm -hmm. slightly sweet and wonderful. Well, that's the thing. So this is right in, in in observant Judaism, right? That there's because there's in order to eat bread, there was a long blessing that one. Afterward, but but the definition of bread includes the fact that the, the majority of the liquid has to be water. So if you bake rolls with you know something with fruit juice rather than water, then it is no longer in the in the uh, legal category of bread. And it is just heavenly, you know. God was having a very good day on that on, on that day. I, think. I mean, if, if 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 a baguette you know made with. Uh, Water is good. Then you know if you think of replaced by you know apple juice, it's got to be even better, right? <laughs> I don't, don't want to. I don't want to change bagels. So I think I think we're doing fine with with water. <laughs> but no, you no, know, no. if you go to Montreal, they make it. They make it with honey, and that's very good too. Uh, I, 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 I I promise you that the, 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 these particularly these speciality bagels in Stamford Hill were to die for. Mm. Now, I, right. bagel for lunch. I had a bagel this morning. I might have another one later. Yeah. I, mean, I think I might have some in the freezer because the bagel shop here closes at three. Okay, so, <laughs> so here, here, here with uh, here with my partner, we have we, we have a sort of Turkish bagel, um, which 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 is slightly different, but it, it, it does the same job. It does the same job, and uh, yeah, I remember munching them outside uh, outside Aya Sophia. Quite now, nice. when you talk about a Turkish bagel, is that it's more like what we think of America, like a hard pretzel, that they're much yeah, thinner. It's like a hard pretzel, much thinner. Um, yeah, in Israel, they also have those. That's name. what they call I'm it. In trouble for having forgotten the name. Um, no, they're quite, they're quite yummy, but it's just not what Americans think of as a bagel. No, 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 bagels are slightly different. Um, but I know, in a, I know, in, a, in, in America, you like bagels with lots of things dripping out of them, don't you? Yeah. And just in general in America, right? If a little bit of food is good, more food is better. That's the whole uh, American <laughs> I, I, I'm longing. I'm longing to come over again. I've only ever been over to the States once, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you love to come. And it was winter. It was winter. There was snow everywhere. I was in New York. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I started off in a really quite posh hotel um, and, and could pop down and watch Julie Andrews. And then, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and then, uh, and then I went to a really seedy area where I actually saw cockroaches. The first time in my life, I saw cockroaches. And I saw cockroaches in, in a little yeah. flat in, uh, in, mm. in Athens, which was uh, as a cat loved them. Yeah, as playmates or as food? Food, and, and it would leave them on my pillow in a line, sort of diced and ready for re re ready for my breakfast. Um, <laughs> On, on, on my pillow, it was like a sort of it, 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 it was like a sort of Vincent Price um, movie. Um, you know, you, you, you just, it, I'm, I'm sure there's a Vincent Price movie or something like that where someone wakes up and, and his head has been chopped off or something. It was exactly like that. Well, he doesn't wake up actually. Well, as a cat owner, right? They do. They bring you their trophies, but I have never seen somebody bring their owner a cockroach. Yeah, no, ten of, ten of, ten of but them. All, all, all beautifully arranged. My my cat then was clearly a mathematician, <laughs> trying to send you a coded message. I think so. Actually, yes. Let's get out of here. How do we escape? Right. Um, Which is probably a good question. Right about now, two and a half hours into this podcast. Sorry, 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 sorry. So, uh, so tribal council. <laughs> yeah, tribal council. Largely, you know, Kelly says she would be gone if she hadn't won immunity. Which I think there's at least a strong argument for. Um, 
what else? Rich, oh, so this is interesting. Probst asks Rich, how does America view you? And what Rich says is, I had a plan from the beginning. I worked hard toward that goal as ethically as I could. Yes, I thought that was a fascinating line. As ethically good as what do you I think, could. Jordan? I, I thought how it was a you- great answer too. I mean, he, he didn't claim... And a lot of times players on Survivor, they, they juries hate when they say, oh, I played with honor and integrity and I played the straight up game if it's not true. Some people could get away with that because some people do play a straight up honest game and they get to the end and a lot of the times they win. That's not what Rich did, but Rich owns up to the fact that he played as ethically as he could. I think that's the key phrase. And I think that's something that could potentially earn respect. I think, I think it's a great line. Yeah. And it's one I would like to use. Um you know, it, it made me like him more. And, I, and I've written it down, by the way. Um. And then Probst also brings up this whole question about the idea that the Pagong is going to be judging the Tagi, right? Because up until the point where Sean uh, joins the jury, every other member of the jury is a Pagong yeah. member. Mm-hmm. And Sean, he's fine with it, of course. Um, then we have the whole discussion about corporate America versus Midwestern values. We already talked about that. Um, do we uh, do, in later series? Do the jury ever get to speak at this point? Do we not, at this point. not at this um, point. Not at this point. Not at this point. You'll, you'll see this in the in the finale in the last um, episode of the season. The jury does have an opportunity to ask questions of the players, and so you'll see. And they don't time. interact with the players at all. They're not allowed to talk to the players at this stage. Come in, they go out, you don't speak to them, right? They are there to observe and to witness. And right. you can try to, you know, and so you could try to manipulate them indirectly, but you can't speak to them directly. Oh. So, it must feel very odd. Must feel very odd to see people that you've been you've been playing the game with sitting a short way away from you and you're not allowed to speak to them. That's about I think bit, but that's about that's about it. The jury system is what I is part of what I love so much about Survivor because you do have to be strategic. You do have to vote out threats. You do have to potentially backstab people, but you have to do it in a way where you know that they're the ones who are going to be award, awarding the money. So you have to do it in a way that you feel like they'll be able to still, you know, they might feel burned, but hopefully they still respect you enough to give you their vote, which will lead to getting the money if you have the majority of votes. And Jordan, what you said, I think is very true, which is that you know, juries will forgive you for backstabbing and it's, it's pretty rare it happens, but it's difficult to get to the end of a game like Survivor or The Circle and not burn some people. But the point is, like you said, you just have to own your shit. I really do think that 90% of just emotional maturity in, in life is just owning your shit, right? Yeah. You can do bad things. Right? It's like being honest about your dishonesty. And I think people I respect that. Say, yes, I burned you, I had to, I wanted to win, there's a million dollars at stake and I hope you'll forgive me. And that tends to work remarkably well. Some people talk about bitter, bitter juries. And I guess the definition of a bitter jury is one where people are not able to do that. But by and large, I don't think there are not that many people in survivor history who you can really look at and just say honestly that, you know, yeah, they just voted because they hated the other person more. I mean, it happens. Yeah. No, it, 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 definitely, it, it definitely does happen. Um, but I, I think in most cases in survivor they are voting it's not it's not i don't think it's usually the lesser of two evil two evils but i think that does I, I, that does of course happen once in a while right but even if it's in terms of a bitter juror we're talking about somebody who when pressed would admit that the other person played a better game but they just won't give them the money yeah that, that, and yeah and that's it's about a bitter juror because this yeah. will come up uh, 
that's him. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a bitter juror, somebody who's not able to put aside their own. And, and the jury has to vote unanimously? No. No, majority. majority. So it's a seven-person jury. You need four votes to win. You have to have five people. Oh, you have to have five no, people in. It's four uh, because there's uh, Gretchen's not on the jury. So the uh, the top uh, the top nine uh, the jury starts. So there's seven people on the jury and two people will sit at the end. So it starts with oh. Gretchen. And at the moment we've got we have five people. Oh, we've got five now. Now we're going to have the final four. And there's going to be another two. But there's going to be two more eliminations, and then there will be what they call the final tribal council, where the final two. Will uh, and and they, they can make a little speech at the beginning. Then they get questions from the jury, and then they make another little, little speech at the end. Right. So so we've got and we've got three tribal tribal yeah, councils. Yeah, three tribals left, including the final tribal council. Mm-hmm. The next session, and I've got I, I've got to allow three hours to watch. Something yes. Two hours plus the one hour reunion. Reunion because we are going to do so. I should just tell listeners, whoever's still with us at this point, that we are going to have a show next week, as usual, right? Discussing the finale. And then two weeks from now, we will come back and we'll talk about the finale. We'll talk about the season as a whole. Um, that's what we're going to call our feedback show. So if you have any questions or you know, anything you'd like us to discuss, I will p- talk about this more next week. But there will be two more season, two more shows about this season. Right. And we're going to be finishing, you know, the TV episodes uh, next week. Right. So if I don't get to the end of three hours, I won't be completely punished. Hopefully, and and yeah. and, and third episode, and third hours. Like I said, it's just it is kind of nice, especially you know, because now with social media, you know, you know what these people look like outside the the, the game, and you know, and you know what they've been up to. But it is it is kind of jarring when they come back for this reunion, and you see all these people who are freshly washed and shaved, and I guess it's the kind of same thing you get, you know, with, with the jury. So we have seen some of those people uh, cleaned up. If it, yes, it, they, they they come up very nicely. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that because they're showing the contrast between the people in the game and the people out of the game. So I think that's, I, I think that's why they do it. And you also, you know, you're used to seeing this person all, you know, dirty and sweaty and they've been living on, on an Island and now they come in and they look like they did at the beginning of the game. So it's sort of like, a, it's always a shocking moment when you see what is this person going to look like now that they're. How, how long is this uh, show after? It's only about, well, uh, it's, it's only about um, what, 20 years after the blue lagoon or something. Wasn't it the Blue Lagoon? Was, Blue Lagoon was definitely 80s. It was 80s, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And and and, and then there's Castaway. Castaway was, uh, that was 2000, right? That was, I think that was the same year Survivor came out, right? Is that, Oliver, is that the Oliver Reed one, or is that the um, the one with, uh, with, 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 with Tim the Bald? That's with, with, Will, uh, with Wilson the Bald. Wilson the ball. He so. picked the wrong the wrong one of your names. Yeah. Oh, 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 Wilson, name. Wilson and Tom Hanks. Yeah. I knew it was all balls somewhere, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cat, Castaway. Uh, Castaway. I, re- I remember seeing Castaway in the movies because it was right before my first summer. Um, at oh wait, no, 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 no. No, it was December of two thousand. It was the, it was in the winter, so it was after my first summer at sleepaway camp, and uh, I guess it was. This, yeah, it was the same year the, of season one of Survivor came out. Yeah, I think I, I think I was uh, I think that summer I was. It, it, it was early winter. It, it was late autumn, uh, early autumn, and I saw it in a in an inside cinema in Greece. Um, and uh, and it would have been in my 
first or second year when I was back in Greece. So yeah, 2000. Sometime round about an earthquake, I think. I think there was an earthquake round about then. So uh, yeah, in Greece and in Turkey. Yeah, um, and I'm sort of caught up in there Anything else that we should discuss about this episode? Um, I mean, uh, Sean, Sean gets voted out here. So it turns out that the alliance, I, I, I called it earlier, the alliance of four and a half, because it was really the, the core four plus Sean. Right. They do end up going after Sean, who is the, who is the really the only outsider left. And I think it sets up an interesting, uh, you know, an interesting final four going into the finale where you have, you know, Rich and Rudy, who've been a tight two the whole time. You have uh, Sue and Kelly, who are sort of a fractured two. So it's going to it's going to be interesting. Like, are the are the two? guys potentially going to turn on each other are kelly and sue going to be able to work together going forward or is it really going to be the two guys uh who have to pull in either sue or either kelly to get to the final three so i think also it, it's gonna it's it sets up an interesting dynamic and it's again the first season ever of the show so it's not like these people have ever seen a final four before um and uh i think the game dynamics are very interesting for only four people so, so, um so jordan if you were Rich, yeah. Uh, in the first of the next votes, who would you vote for? If I were rich, well, I mean, I also I have the you know fear of knowing what happens. If yeah. I'm rich, I don't. I would probably, I would potentially want Kelly out here because she's shown the ability to win challenges. Like, if you're trying to get Kelly out, um. The other three people there, Rich, Sue, and, and Rudy, haven't really shown the ability to win challenges on a consistent basis. So even if you think that Rudy is a bigger threat to beat you at the end, you might want Kelly out first. Because if Kelly wins that yeah. final three immunity yeah. challenge, you know, yeah, there's an immunity of four and there's an immunity at three. So if you think that Kelly's going to continue her streak, it, it leaves you vulnerable to get voted out if you don't have immunity. But if you get Kelly out next... Um, you, then the final three immunity is potentially a crapshoot, and then whoever wins that is automatically going to go to the end. So I think if I'm rich here, again, without I don't want to give up too much. I don't want to tell you what happens or who wins immunity. I might be thinking to myself, Kelly's going to be tough to beat at challenges. She's also going to she also has more friends that were on the Pagong tribe. Maybe she might be tough to beat uh, and also to beat in a challenge. So I might want to vote her out here, but I don't want to tell you what's going to happen. I think the last thing you said is probably the most important, right? Because we haven't seen a lot of a lot of the individual relationships necessarily between each of the Pagongs and the Tagi, right? Mm -hmm. But we certainly have seen plenty to see that Kelly has a much closer relationship with several of those people based on what we've seen, right? Yeah. Then we just haven't seen any much of a real relationship at all of the, with the other three. Uh, and, and the and the Pagongs. So yes, and even if she wasn't such immunity um, threat, which she clearly is, um, yeah, I would not want her uh, sitting next to me at final two. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I don't respect her. It's the opposite. I have a lot of respect for her. And I, that's why I think she needs to go home. Yeah, she she's. Uh, I think she's made some certain strategic errors. I think deviating from her alliance is a mistake. I think that not trying to pull in Sean here. And that's, I think that's her mistake and Sue's mistake, but that's why the, the social game, I, I, I'm not even a fan of really the strategic and social game being looked at as two different things, because I think for any strategy to work, you need to have the social bonds because people don't trust you. If, if they, uh, if, if people can't trust you, they're never, you're, you're, they're never going to follow one of your strategies. So I think the fact that she and Sue 
were so close the whole game, but they, you know, they had this, this argument and it's, it's sort of, I, I don't, I said deteriorated before. I think it's maybe something that can be reconciled, but clearly it hasn't been to this point. I think not being able to pull Sean in and getting rid of Rich or Rudy, who are also big threats. Um, I, I think that could be a mistake there, but I do think that she has enough of those social bonds that if she does get to the end, she would have a good shot with a lot of those Pagan jurors, which does make up the majority of the jury. And by the way, Tim, this is a very common position that people find themselves in Survivor in games like that. There's often one person who, right, oh, if they get to the end, they're absolutely going to win, right? They have yeah. lots of fans, but, the, but it's not clear how in the world they're going to get there. Partly because the other players are very well aware of the fact that if you let Kelly get to the end, she's probably going to win. Yes. So, yeah, this is, this is a, a very common at this moment, is that Kelly, is Kelly probably will vote Sue off? Certainly, how it's in, I mean, in, in this tribal, Kelly said that she would that she would have voted for either Rich or Sue. Uh, she did say that going into tribal, but then she voted for Sean, which I think you know in in that book in that book by uh, Mark Burnett that we were talking about before. There's a whole section of how the uh, the, the castaways would would say things to try to throw off production and i wonder if that was one of those incidents because it was you could see they're getting their torches ready to go to tribal it wasn't one of these like frankenbite scenes where you hear something that happened actually hours earlier or, or even a day earlier um but really it wasn't before tribal this was they they were like in the line to go to tribal she was getting her torch the sun was going down and she said she was going to either vote for rich or rudy which is not what happened so i wonder if this is an example of her trying to throw off production just to mess with them Right. Although for Kelly, I mean, I, I, I did hear that. I was surprised because I do feel like for Kelly is that, again, you know, if she's going to be at the final two, then two of the Tagi four are going to be there. Right. And so and clearly she has gone back and forth on this. But I, I think the voting for Sean, especially because it was clear that, you know, she didn't have the votes anyway. Um, I think just voting for Sean would have just been it just wouldn't have helped your game in any way that I could. Does, does each character in the in the show have their own producer? No, it's not like the circle. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. And I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, once you get down to only you know four people in the game, there might be more producers on the island than there are castaways. But certainly at the beginning, I, I they when they're called to do confessionals, and I, this is only what I've heard. I've never been on the show. I don't know the behind the scenes of the show at all. But I have heard people who have been on the show talk, and there's like you know, a couple producers or one, like one or two producers on the, on the beach, they do confessionals with players. They'll pull you to do confessionals. But while you're doing confessionals, the other players are together talking and then they'll call the next person. So um, it's, it doesn't, definitely doesn't start out as more, that more producers. If somebody says something in confessional, like I want to vote off Ludi or Rich, and then they, then they don't. I'm surprised as a producer would say, but you said you wanted to vote off Ludi or Rich. Why are you writing down Sean? Well, because um, you say you think that somebody's going to be able to speak to her in between. Um, yeah. so she made this. She made the statement before tribal. I, I, I can't imagine because even if she said it. I can't imagine probes then saying, "Wait a minute, you just had five minutes ago." No, absolutely not. Right. But, right. The, but the producers hanging around always. Again, I think it's funny that you seem to see we, this has happened over and over again that yes production interference happens right we've certainly seen it we've seen some really egregious examples of it even this season but you come you tend to see it everywhere anything that happens on any of these shows i think tim just kind of assumes that the producers are pulling the the, the strings and i feel like it does happen but i don't feel like it happens on a daily basis i feel like the, you know the, 
Oh, um, Jordan, you're, you're, you're running out of time. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I Dr. Puya in 10 minutes. So let's, let me do the bookkeeping. Um, so okay, I've done um, so it's, it's okay. It's, it's fine. I, I didn't realize how long it was. Okay. So yeah. Tim, we're, so so I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving the conversation. I just, uh, I, I do have, uh, in 10 minutes, I have to be there and I want to eat a, I'm going on a bagel podcast. I feel like I should eat a bagel before. Uh, you, before should. you should call, you should call it a Tim. I think um, you, you should have a special bagel. The Tim? Yeah, the Tim. I don't know why. I don't know what it's going to contain. But we'll market it afterwards. That's cheddar, cheddar, cheddar cheese. I think so. I think. <laughs> okay, so Tim, again, in, in, in the name of sa of saving some time, I so Tim social media on Facebook, Twitter, and and Instagram. If you just type into the search bar in those, uh, Professor Tim Wilson, it will pop up. They're slightly different in, in each uh, each. Uh, medium but you know you'll find it and your youtube is zontul feels right z-o-n-t-u-l right but i think you say z right i wish i could could do it in but i just can't um jordan what about you how can people find you so if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at jordan kalish i do talk a lot about survivor lately i've been talking more about the yankees um my instagram uh is if you want to see my my cooking and my dog mainly not the same thing. I don't cook my dog. My dog is separate from the cooking pictures. Uh, it is also at Jordan Kalish. Great. Okay. And so now coming up, oh, so mine is, my Twitter, as you can see, is Karen Talks A Lot, right under my name. Please follow me on Twitter. The number of uh, Twitter followers I have is embarrassing because I have only gotten on to uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, recently. If you really want to follow me, I know this makes me very basic and very old, but if you really want to follow me and think what I find out what I think about things, the best job, your best thing that is to check, follow me on Facebook also at Karen Bell, B-E-L-L, -L, like ding-a-ling-a-ling, -a -ling, Eisenberg. The way, the way that you set that up, I thought you were going to say like MySpace or something. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But, you know, it was, it just, no self-respecting person under the age of, you know, 40 should would ever uh, admit to having a Facebook profile. I have Facebook. Yeah. I have two, I think. What? What were you going to say, Tim? I have two Facebooks. Oh, you do? You have a personal and then a fan page? No, I somehow have two, two, two personal pages. I don't know how that happened. Um, but, um, yeah, I do. All right. Well, I got overwhelmed when I came out of the circle. I'm so sure. many people who I didn't know sort of suddenly became friends. And I, I was saying, yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized I was swamped. Right. Um, so let me just do my, my, my bookkeeping here. I have to do this or, uh, or, or I don't get paid. Joking, nobody getting paid here. Um, so coming up on Survivor NSFW, first of all, check out our new website at SurvivorNSFW.com. If you haven't checked that out yet, it really is. It look, it's amazing. Uh, and I am on the logo, which makes me very happy. Uh, tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern, Johnny will be talking to Danger Dave Ball from Survivor Samoa. And next week, he has J Sherry Beefman of Caramoan. I also said up front that we are going to be covering Big Brother uh, twice a week, it looks like, here on Survivor NSFW. We will be going live tomorrow at 11 p.m. Eastern, immediately after the two-hour premiere. Uh, and then, then we are, the exact uh, schedule release is still being worked out. But you can certainly find us uh, tomorrow at 11 p.m. And, you know, follow me on Twitter. You will find all that information there. Also, in terms of for next week, Tim, I know is going to ask me who's our guest. Again, unfortunately, I can't publicize the name of the guest quite yet because I haven't been able to confirm, but don't worry. They will be hilarious and well-informed, I can promise you. 
Um, Karen, yeah. Danger Dave Ball, the first uh, Survivor contestant I ever met in person. Really? That was your first one? Mm-hmm. Is he as crazy as uh, he seems to be? He seemed like a normal guy. Really? <laughs> very, very, he was at, it was at uh, Heroes versus Villains uh, viewing party in 2010. Interesting. Uh, so let's see. Also, if you enjoy our programming, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com. Patreon, patrons get early ad-free access to all shows, access to additional episodes, castaway watch-alongs, other special programming. We have a Facebook group. Uh, next week, I will be joined by somebody. Uh, I think that's all we have for today. So next week, same time, same place. Uh, with some guests to be determined. I hope to see you then uh, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. GMT. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we hope to see you all again next week at Survivor NSFW Rewind. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me.